Finally, we should um finally a podcast. We should put that in the description. Finally, a podcast for the gross people. No, for the unbathed. I feel like that would actually drive people. That would attract a um a Liver King esque audience. Yeah, we don't need that. Watch us eat raw meat next week. You see, he uh he said he's back on steroids again, which I I don't think he was ever off steroids. Yeah, I assumed he just was always on steroids. I don't know why he said he's back on them. I assumed. Well, I think now he probably like. Can't hide it anymore. Well, obviously he couldn't hide it to begin with. The dude looked no, like a obviously tumor. eating raw meat and like running around pantsless in the woods does not make you jacked. Yeah, because it's it... the steroids. <laughs> anyway, good on him. At least he's admitting he has a problem. No, he's not. He's just saying that he's actually doubling down and going to keep. So he just said he's on steroids to like boast about it. He, so okay, when he when he got caught. I guess I was not aware of this, but I guess he said he was going to stop taking steroids. And then recently, like within the last two weeks or so, he was like, guys, I'm getting, I'm actually, I'm going to go back on steroids. So I, I, I think he's just doubling down on that. Again, I have no problem with steroids, honestly. I don't care if you do steroids. I mean, there's, I honestly think it's good. And as far as like, oh, Drugs go. They're not as bad as... No, like, I mean, you know. like, it's... It's like, you get to look the way you obviously want to look. Yeah, it jacks up your health, but, like, it's not jacking up my health. <laughs> That's fair. And, you know, the more they use them, maybe they'll get better. And we'll get, like, side-effect-free steroids. And then we can make... Then we can, all, we can all be Captain America. Then we can okay, all take I've steroids. I've never understood why the U.S. military does not, like pump the soldiers well i mean they pump them full of yeah they already pump them full of a lot of things and don't even bother to tell because like here's the thing okay now it would definitely have adverse fun fact the government uh one of their favorite things to do is just to test vaccines on soldiers against their will they just walk them into a tent stick a couple needles in them inject them with some fluids and just let them walk away but my that is a pretty regular thing in the military because, like, okay, so, like, yeah, it would definitely have adverse health effects on, like, the soldiers. Like, for sure. Like yeah. They would have, like, brain damage. True, but also they're, so does getting shot but with a gun. also, they don't care. So I Yeah, they're like in they the military. No well, no, no, I mean, the soldiers will probably care when they get home and they're 50. Yeah, yeah. long-term effects, yes. But I'm talking about, like, the In the short term? No, the government doesn't care. No. Why they don't Honestly, care. it's better for them because they get the max physical ability out of you when you're young in, in the army. And then you die sooner when you're older, and then they don't have to pay as much uh, veteran retirement benefits. Oh. Boom. Government. We I just, like how we I like just, how we <laughs> I like how we keep we did this on the last episode too. We keep pitching 
like a moral we keep, pitching, we keep pitching conspiracy theories like we don't we don't try to discover conspiracy theories we're like hey government Tried what if you out. tried this out, bud? <laughs> have you considered this horrible thing? What if you put radioactive waste in all of our drinking water see, to see what, if we mutate? That's what would make us good politicians. Yeah. Well, we, no, we wouldn't be the politicians. We'd be the guy in the room. They'd be like, we need an idea for a thing. We'd be like, okay, uh, lizard taxes. Or like something like that. We'd just spew out these ideas. We'd well, yeah, get them cooking. That's what you do in the government. I feel like if we ever had a political podcast, that's mostly what it would turn into. I was just like we pitching had a various poli- awesome. political speak. We're not going to do a political podcast. No, <laughs> I, I have shifted. I'm I'm away from the, no parties. I'm just going to vote for whatever the funniest outcome. Is. That's honestly where I'm at too. Like whatever is going to result in the most comedic thing that, for me personally. Honestly, because it's already bad. So like, if it's going to be bad, it it should at least be funny. We, I think we've seen at this point that like basically no one in the government can. No, Actually, you know, do and neither do any important? of the voters. Yeah. Voters don't care so, about policy either. So if they the, care about guy who is cool on TV. If the politicians don't care about policy and their voter base doesn't care about no. policy, let's just vote for whoever's I the think funniest. Instead of presidential debates, because obviously those have derailed the just lunacy at this point. Yeah, they don't. Nothing happens. I think it should be like an America's Got Talent style competition. Yeah, we have Donald Trump sing us a song. Yeah, well, it's like we bring out all the candidates, and you can that way you can like. Really, instead of just like two or three guys hogging the spotlight, you can really like shuffle through a bunch of guys, and the judges can just be like the Supreme Court or someone. I don't know. It could be like the most famous people in the U.S. We'll make a new a fourth branch, some sort of panel of judges. I don't know who the panel would be yet, but then the then the president have a fourth branch of government called the judges panel. Yeah, it's like you know how the Pope is elected by just some like a group of like eight random priests mm-hmm. who in red robes and they like released smoke. So out it's of like a, just a house committee. Yeah, they release like smoke out of a chimney. Catholic Church is weird, um, but um, yeah, and then they all just come out and they do their act, and like whoever has the best act gets to be the president. That sounds great, and and it would it would eliminate the age problem. Yeah, because if you're too because old, if they're too old, they can't, can't juggle funny things. I mean, maybe they could sing, but like everyone does a big does singing. It'd have to be like if Trump came out there on like a unicycle juggling, dressed as a clown. We'd have to have it so that they have to do a physical ability and uh. Like a secondary ability. Okay. So they can sing. It's like a beauty pageant. But they also have to like jump through a bouncy house or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so we can make sure they got that mental acuity and that physical. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good place. New government. Uh, boom. No more elections. Everyone's whining about the electoral college. Clown country. No more elections. <laughs> Panel of judges. And it's America's Got Talent. Nationally televised. It'll be the highest rated thing in the year. Clown. Clown. Democ- I call it clown democracy. Is a clown? Yeah. This is our. That's this system of government. It's not a. It's not a representative republic. It's a clown. It's a clown democracy. Clown democracy. <laughs> and the lower down, like on the branch, we do this for every branch of government. The lower it goes, like the less publicized the event is. Yeah. Well, it's just like you it get to like place. mayoral elections, it's like a guy in like t- the town square. Like, yeah, they just the set up a, like a circus tent, and <laughs> yeah. you actually go to the circus. In yeah, town. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you can just walk by. You don't have to watch. Clown democracy. It's the best. It's the best political. System. You know, and how in Gravity Falls they elect them by like throwing birdseed in the hat. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. Anyway, <laughs> we gotta get. Uh, it was not a very big news week. Nor not a lot going on. Did we see any movie to review? I know the Nun Two came out. Don't care about that. Don't Why care. Why did they even make a sequel? No one even saw the first. Uh, one. well, it was the highest opening for any Conjuring universe film. Oh yeah, all three of them. 
Well, no, there was one, two, and three, and then there was the Annabelle movies. They made three of those. The Nun one. They did uh, the Curse of La Llorona. It was a big also hit. About a nun. The Nun two is a big hit, but um, I have yet to encounter a single person who has seen it, nor anyone who has even bothered to mention its existence. I don't existence. think anyone is actually. No, I think it's. I... I think that I. It's got to be the teen- Universal. Yeah, no, it's a Warner Brothers thing. I think Warner Brothers paid a bunch of mannequins, bought a bunch of mannequins, and sold them tickets, them in seats <laughs> in like a couple theaters. So I, I'm noticed. picturing them like actually like, like building the mannequin, yeah, and then walking into a ticket booth, <laughs> <laughs> sitting out front, and then like pretending to have a conversation and just doing that individually. Yeah, like they had to simulate times. the whole experience. They got to do the whole exchange. Yeah, this is, they did that, and then the, the, that was it. No one actually saw the movie. No, it's got to just be, te- like, bored teenagers. But then they would post about it on, like, TikTok. Yeah, you'd think. Maybe it was just so forgettable that a bunch of them saw it and then just didn't said nothing. Yeah, it was it's I mean, it's one of the... It's, like, those Conjuring movies are just, like, so unremarkable. Outside of, like, maybe, like, the first two... They're just like the most just generic horror. They never try jump to do scare anything interesting. Crap. They're just jump scares. No, it's just like okay, this character was spooky in the last one. Spin him off, have him sit in a dark corner, and then scream at the audience for like an hour and a half. You could get all go home. An accurate simulation of a Conjuring universe movie. If you were to sit in a dark room with a curtain in front of you, <laughs> and someone has a sock puppet on. And occasionally sticks it through the curtain and goes, bah! 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 Sorry for our that. headphone listeners. It just does that to you like every, you know, couple minutes. That's, like, that's what a conjuring At least movie. I think the first, I think the first two were James Wan things. And so at least it's got like his weird camera movements in it or like his, he likes to, especially in like rooms, like lock the camera down and like swish it around with like when a he, fish when he's eye not lens. reusing scenes from like uh, he at least is movie. like attempting to do like an interesting visual style. Yeah, but then after that, you get to like Annabelle three, and it's just like and no one cares at that. The point. spooky doll moved to the shelf. Ah! Yeah, but you know it's a big hit. I'm sure they'll do a third one. I know they're already doing a Conjuring four and a TV show, so they're all gonna oh, be what. More cases by Ed and Lorraine Warren, the two biggest frauds in American history. They didn't even do anything. No, they. Well, obviously, because everything they investigated was fake. That would be. What is even the equivalent to that? Okay, okay, you know, um, you know the reality TV show Monster Hunter like shows. Yeah, like Ghost Hunters. Yeah, it would. That's it's that. Yeah, no, like, that's what they were doing. They were just yeah, doing were it just, in like the but 70s. But they wrote it in books, so it's not even yeah. fun to watch. <laughs> no, they have their haunted museum of spooky objects where the real Annabelle doll is. Oh, sit in a glass box. Okay. Sit in a glass box. If, if you Annabelle touch it, doll, you might get in a car crash. If the real Annabelle doll, like, it could escape glass boxes, how come it hasn't escaped no, this No, 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 it box? couldn't escape. This one was made out of, like, the, it was made out of, like, wood soaked in holy water. There's a dumb reason for it to... Be like Wouldn't Annabelle it proof. Dry out after a while. There's like a million. It's, it's got like crosses. Do they in spritz it. it with holy water every couple days to make sure it doesn't fully dry. I out can ever. Google it. There's there's a. They made up a dumb reason they made up on some why. Lore. I think it was like like blessed by a priest or something. The doll or the box. The box. Well, the doll is possessed by a demon. And why didn't the priest just like grab the doll and put it in the box then? 
Well, they conceal it in the box. They just the demon. You like Ed out. and what's it, Ed and Lorraine? Ed, Ed and Lorraine Warren. I feel like they could like they're the most worthless, like useless part of their own story. No, they were. Th- All they do is find a thing, and then they tell a no. Priest they didn't even find them. Do the thing. They didn't find them. They would. The people would call them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're like and be like, my house is spooky and haunted, and then they would show up. It's like having a middleman for the fire department. Like that's like you call a guy. Tell them there's a fire, and, and then, then so he they, calls the fire department, yeah. and they send something. To well, because they would show up, and then they couldn't do any. Like they would walk around and be like, "Hmm, I smell a ghost in this house," and then they would call a they priest. They literally have the Ghostbuster one, yeah, with the, with the blinky lights. And then they would show, and then they would the priest would come in and be like, "House is." I'm sure the priest was like really tired of getting their phone call, so he's probably just like. House is no longer possessed by a why demon. Do they, why do they keep? Why does the Catholic Church keep their exorcists like a secret? There's you know how, like every diocese some, has a. Has yeah, an yeah, yeah. There's some thing Are in they like worried that they'll get assassinated by like demon assassins. You no, know, there's like something where like the demon is more powerful if it like knows or like it can find them easier if they know the name of the priest or something like that. I think it's also generally because they don't want people to like run up to that like if you knew it was like father joe and saint john's baptist or saint john's catholic church like i'm sure he would just get crackpots showing up every week just being like i'm 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 possessed by a demon i can't like, stop okay, drinking wine even if you keep it a secret from like the other like general church members like yeah. somebody knows that that guy yeah so at what point, i think it's the bishop i think the bishop it... knows who all of the yeah, but okay, so are. if they're keeping it a secret from average people, right? Because yeah. if they know, then the demon might know. Yes. But if the bishop knows, does that mm-hmm. not count? Well, he, I think it's about quantity. <laughs> I, think so if, I think if one guy so knows, wait, it's you're fine. Tell, you're telling me it's food boy rules? You what? know the movie Food Boy? I'm aware of the movie Food Boy. Where he food makes boy. food, but the more people who know that he has food powers, the less tasty it is. Are you telling That's me we're working part on of that boy movie? rules? That's part of the lore. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Uh, What's our first news story? Anyway, enough about. <laughs> we talked about speaking clown of clown democracy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, not a lot of news this week. A couple of small things. Oh, we were talking about the trailer for. Oh yeah, that. and then um, we're gonna talk about summer box office. It's finally we're gonna talk about that. Wrap that up. And then we're going to talk about the most recent episode of Ahsoka. I'm sure Sam has, has thoughts. There's a lot happened in that. I have some thoughts. <laughs> anyway, but first, let's start off. We got a, a trailer for a TV show and a teaser for a movie. The trailer was for Monarch Legacy of Monsters. This is the MonsterVerse Apple TV Plus show. If you don't remember, the MonsterVerse is the Godzilla and Kong universe. Oh, and the Pokemon. I didn't. I don't care. The, the, there was Pokemon. Mask. Oh, I know they revealed there's going to be a Nintendo Direct tomorrow. I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's... What do they have to announce? And Probably not much. I think it's just like we have to have a Direct in September. They... Oh, Wander, but that's not like... That's like a year out. Well, they just gave that its own Direct, Yeah, right? they just gave that its own Direct, so no, we're not going to hear... They'll probably mention it, but they're not going to get any new information. No. Well, we don't... You know what we know n- literally nothing about and was supposed to come yeah. out this year? Was the Splatoon 3 DLC. Oh, was that getting DLC? Yeah, there was supposed to be a whole other story campaign, and we know nothing about it. So that'll probably get <laughs> super real. That game was fun multiplayer for like a month. All right. I got my. It was a fun game. I, I got my. I made a story. Um, I didn't play it as nearly as much as I played one or two. 
Well, it's also mostly because I have less time. Than but also, if out. you've played one and two. Yeah, three is pretty pretty similar. Except for I think they the jump thing. There's a lot about you know, okay. You know what? There's a lot of good changes they made in three. I just didn't have as much time to play it. The jump thing that they added in the, three takes yeah. so long to pull off that you'll just get killed before you have a chance. Like to go to the map and then pick a person and. No, the thing where you can like hold down and like jump up a wall. Oh, that was in the first game. Mm-hmm. Same problem. You just die before you. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. Want me to read you the synopsis for Monarch Legacy of Monsters? I would love to hear that. Okay. Monarch Legacy of Monsters tracks two siblings following in their father's footsteps to uncover their family's connection to the secretive organization known as Monarch. Clues lead them into the world of monsters and ultimately down the rabbit hole to army the officer... The secret organization, which in those movies is huge and it has like a bunch of... Well, everyone knows about him now. They didn't all know about him in the 70s. Um... Down the rabbit hole to Army Officer Lee Shaw, played by Kurt and Wyatt Russell. So what they're going to do is uh, Wyatt Russell, who is Kurt Russell's son, is going to play the younger version of the character. That's cool. I like it when they do that. And then Kurt Russell is going to play the older version of the character, which I thought was neat. Yeah, I always like it when that'd they, be really, they do that every once in a while. I like it when they do that. That would be really cool if they were on like the press tour at the same time. No more press tours. Um, taking place in the 1950s and a half a century later where Monarch is threatened by what Shaw knows. The dramatic saga spanning three generations reveals buried secrets and the ways that epic earth-shattering events can reverberate through our lives. Sure about how big monsters smashing buildings reverberate through our lives. Anyway, this sounds kind of neat. Um, the Monsterverse is generally pretty good. It's, there's been four movies and say three of them are worth watching <laughs> i've seen i think you've seen all i saw of godzilla them. 2 and i saw godzilla versus kong and i'm pretty sure you've seen kong but it was I never definitely a while you never did i i, I saw it I saw no it. you I did saw, no, i never saw the whole thing i've seen clips of it on like tv and like bars and stuff we watched it when it came to like video on demand i remember you being no there. i wasn't there i remember you being there. no i remember i got back and you guys told me you are i wasn't oh maybe you weren't it came out like six years ago. That I, I didn't learn that Tom Hiddleston was in it until Loki came. Out. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I didn't watch. Yeah, I'd say, so Godzilla 2014 was kind of like disliked when it came out, but it was look, very generic. Looking back on it, it's actually pretty good. It's very, it's it's very um, Godzilla. It's just they, it's Gareth. Ed I think it was Gareth Edwards. It's a very stripped it. down version of the Godzilla story, but it's not a very complicated story. No, that one is really that one's like the most like grounded and like realistic. That one's got like the best sense of scale. Yeah, that was a that was Gareth Edwards did I the first Shin one. Shin Godzilla was supposed. To... Shin Godzilla, everyone also likes, but the first Godzilla is pretty good. Godzilla two is not good. <laughs> That's the one where he fights. The That's Ghidorah. the one where Ghidorah and yeah. Mothra, and they're just like the characters in it are really bad. They just fight. Yeah, and then um, and he goes thermonuclear. Kong is pretty good. That one's got a great cast for some reason. And then Godzilla versus Kong is really stupid, but pretty fun. Pretty fun. And then they're I doing the next Godzilla Kong movie next year. And this is. And you know what? Credit where credit is due. Godzilla versus Kong is the only thing versus thing movie where one of them actually wins. Yeah. They that drives me insane. Because mm -hmm. in Batman versus Superman, they're like, no one really won. They reconcile. You know what? They did. They did both. Batman kind of pinned him down, but also Superman didn't even try well, to Well, they fight. always team up to fight our bigger guy. Yeah. Like. And this one, they, they had one person win, and they still teamed up to fight a bigger guy. But again, Batman only won because the whole time Superman was like, buddy. No, but Batman and Superman were like, talk it out. And then Batman's like, no. Yeah. 
bomb. I was like, hey, stop. Let's talk it out. And he's like, no. Well, I guess the kind bomb. of most of them do. Like Batman versus Superman. True. Superman was like not there the whole to fight time him. He's only there to talk. Batman's to him. pretty much just there beating him up, and Superman's not really fighting back. And then eventually, Batman like corners I'd him say with Kryptonite. Captain America Civil War, Captain America pretty definitively wins that fight. Well, he just kind of runs away, though. Well, he could have killed him. Like, he's in the point where he could have killed him, and he chooses not to. Yeah, but one, that was because he had Bucky's help. And Iron Man is very obviously the aggressor in that fight. He had Bucky's help. That's true. He did have a backup. Iron Man was, like, mentally unstable at the time, because he learned that his, like, parents had been murdered by Captain America's friend. And Iron Man also, didn't he, like, not have his whole suit? No, he did. But then the other two reasons are... But, like... No, yeah, Godzilla versus Kong, where it's like a full, just like straight up, they're at full strength. Just yeah, they're both them. at full strength, and they both fight, and one yeah. wins. And it's I, cool. I want more of that. Godzilla's, I mean, uh, Kong is even buffed because he gets that axe. Yeah, he's got a little buff because again, if if it was just if it was just a very big monkey versus the nuclear fire breathing lizard, the nuclear fire breathing lizard wins every aside time. Aside from being huge, also has like extra superpowers on <laughs> he's top. He's powered of that. by nuclear radiation. Whereas, whereas King Kong is just a big mm-hmm. monkey, which I mean that against most things, that's very that's a very good ability. Anyone to have. else? Big monkey is pretty good. But big monkey versus. Big thing with superpowers. The one with superpowers is going to be the mm-hmm. one that doesn't have any superpowers. And then they Anyways, both let's team talk up about to beat Aquaman. Anyway, then the, oh by the way, uh, Monarch comes out November seventeenth again on Apple TV Plus. It's going to be ten episodes. Oh, it's a show. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you know the next MonsterVerse movie is the Godzilla vs Kong or Godzilla Times Kong now. Godzilla X Kong. It's Godzilla X Kong. The title didn't. And or was it titled in no, it's Godzilla. It's Godzilla and Kong. Yeah, well, if it was Japanese, what are they going to do? Godzilla Kong, Neil. Didn't they at the end of the sec, at the end of Godzilla versus Kong? They went back to like the they go to live in the underground yeah. world where the Kongs are. Well, the Kongs used to be. There's no Kongs there's there. There's only one Kong. They send Kong there to look around, but I think there's going to be a new. Godzilla was around. I think there's going to be a new. There's going to be a new evil Kong. They beat I think that's the Godzilla pitch. in the last. Yeah, one. they did. I guess they could do Mecha... mecha could aren't there other Mecha Godzillas? There's like four, aren't there? Oh, and the, like the... Yeah, they just yeah, keep bringing them back. They just keep building more. Yeah. I mean, oh, they, one of them was an alien, though. Well, in, the, in Godzilla versus Kong, they like piloted it using like, Ghidorah's carved-out skull. And I think they destroyed that, so I don't think they could build another one the same way. But they there's two other Ghidorah skulls. That's true. Wait, no, didn't one of them get... Didn't, didn't some of them get crushed or whatever? No. I don't remember. I thought Godzilla <laughs> cut one of them's head off. Who knows? I don't care. There's going to be a mega, mecha gorilla. They never did a part where Godzilla, where King Kong rides on Godzilla's, uh, rides on Godzilla's back. Holding his I don't think he can. Doesn't matter. They need to do I that. I think that would be That should painful. be the goal of the next one, <laughs> is to get to that point, since they're buddies now. But Godzilla like, could also King ride King Kong should Kong. ride like him around. Size. But God, what if Godzilla rides on King Kong? But King Kong's a, like, God, it's like a humanoid shape. Well, Godzilla could still like just they need back. they need to they need to do it. I'm just saying they need to do it. Okay, that should be their goal for the next. What one. if they anyway, both mounts? There was a teaser for Aquaman two. Full trailer supposed to come out tomorrow. The teaser was like 16 seconds long and, and reused footage from, footage from the first movie that they and I, I did they're it, trying to pawn off as footage. And from I the didn't new notice one. until someone pointed it out on Twitter because yeah. honestly. If Aquaman 2 was just the first Aquaman again, no one would notice. I wouldn't notice. 
I, I don't remember just, anything that happened in Aquaman. I think they color changed like some scenes. They changed the aspect ratio and they like altered the contrast. Yeah. But Sam, this is the final, final film in the DCU. This is the its last dying breath, the product of a bygone era. At least when I say that it went out on a wet fart, it will actually be a pun because of Aquaman. I've been saying that for a long time, but this time it'll be a pun. Of all of the DC movies they've had on their slate for the past couple of years, other than the Batman and the Joker, this one is the most likely to make money. So I don't know why this is the one they decided to spend no marketing dollars on. Yeah, that was... I don't... I will never... I understand. I will never understand. I understand trying to back the Flash. Yeah, because, okay, that's a big guy. Well, on paper, that one should have been really big, right? Multiverse is big now. It's got Batman in it. A-list DC character. Yeah. Summer release date. Like, that on paper works. Everything around that movie didn't. But that on paper looks good. Blue Beetle and um, Shazam 2, neither one of them got very big marketing. but they Shazam had pretty heavy marketing. Shazam had okay marketing. Shazam was on buses. That's you're on true. buses. That's I saw some billboards for Shazam 2. But, like, that one had, like, a trailer ahead of time. Like, this, they literally are releasing this trailer because everyone has been, like, mm-hmm. been like, where's the trailer for this movie that's supposed to come out in three months? And they're just like, fine, here it is. I'm really surprised they didn't push it back. I'm surprised they haven't been, like, trying to push this one. Like, the first Aquaman is the highest grossing DC movie ever made. And now that's mostly because of China. Pretty much only because of China. But even if this one does half of that one, it'll still, one, be the highest grossing DC movie in four years and probably still be profitable. So honestly, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Like I would be backing this one. This one has the best chance to at least make money. This one should have been their big guy. Like, cause Shazam 2 made half of Shazam 1, but Shazam 1 wasn't very big. Even Blue Beetle got a quite, quite a decent marketing, but like there were trailers pretty much on every, every network. But like Aquaman 2, I don't know why they've just abandoned this one entirely. Especially since, I guess he probably won't be able to promote this one, but like Jason Momoa was always super enthusiastic about this role. Um, They got everyone back from the first movie. likes Aquaman. This one has a star worth controversy, but at least it's not the main person. And James Wan, she's in it. James Wan said they dramatically reduced her role. Well, and her her dramas was like... Yeah, well... Ezra Miller was like... Ezra Miller won't stop committing crimes, so it gets resurfaced like every once in a while, like every couple months. Well, also they they shot the Flash like years ago. Some stuff after he had been like already done all that. Yeah, Amber Heard at least like was convicted like a year after they finished shooting. See, that's or, like found that's guilty. The, the Ezra Miller was I don't think ever went to like court Mm-mm. for his stuff, whereas like no. Amber Heard's case was very very public. Mm-hmm. But apparently this one is mostly um, Aquaman and King Orm together. They're going to team up to fight Black Manta. Okay. Who has a, who's looking for a different magic super trident. Yeah, that's pretty much what he does. It's a, probably in the titular Lost Kingdom. Yeah. Anyway. Lost Kingdom. Sam, do you remember anything that happened in Aquaman 1? Because I don't. Remember Nicole Kidman was trapped in a waterfall or something? Aquaman goes to a gorge, wets on a table. Yes. And it plays a hologram. Yeah, in the desert. In the desert. Apparently. 
I remember everyone had and fake then, hair. Uh, then fights forum. I remember there's a big fight at the end. Trident in half. Mecha crab is there. Mm. Uh, an octopus plays the drums. Hello. Mike is not picking me up enough. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, an octopus plays the drums. What else happened? It's an orange outfit. He wears orange. He's gonna ride a seahorse in this one. That's wonderful. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. We saw it once in the theater when it came out, and I've literally never watched it. No, nor really thought I think about we it. We saw it with Mama. Yeah, like, we did at home. That one time in the theater, we never watched it again. How much in the theater? Yeah, I we never watched it again after. I know I have never attempted to see it again. I have literally. It, it was so. Free. I don't remember any. I just remember thinking it was not very good. It was. Then, uh, it was. Oh, it was. It, it was like the Fast and Furious of DC. Which makes sense, because it's a Fast and Furious guy doing it. Yeah, well, he is now. And Jason Momoa is a Fast and Furious guy now. Anyway. Right. What's, uh, what else? Sam, uh, this, what is, else? this is some sad oh, news. Honestly, this is, this is probably the worst news we've so, ever had to read out on the As usual, guys, we are at the forefront. We are the number one Sony fans. We, we break stories about Sony things going on. We need on to get some Sony else. brand. We need to get some Sony TV. And unfortunately, the Sinister Three trio mm -hmm. of movies. What would have been the greatest three films ever made, by far. Those being Morbius, um, Raven, the Hunter, Raven and, and El Muerto. Unfortunately. unfortunately, El Muerto has officially been deconfirmed. Whereas I put it in my notes, El Muerto is Muerto. Yeah, that's what I texted Tucker <laughs> when, when the news story broke. I said, El Muerto is Muerto. <laughs> yeah. So, Bad Bunny... Yeah, he did an interview with Vanity Fair. He's allowed to do interviews because he's not SAG. He's a musician man. And he's also based out of... Yes. Said that he is no longer attached to play El Muerto in the Spum Universe film. Sony has not confirmed that the movie is dead. Uh, it's dead. But multiple rumors and, and the insiders have been like, yeah, this thing has been dead for a while. How is it that I was the one to come up with the headline El Muerto es Muerto? Why didn't like Variety like do that? I don't know. They're they're just they're cowards. You'd think they would have been like, aha, the dead is dead. That's funny. Well, I'm just I'm I'm shell-shocked. I'm surprised. We will never emotionally. We will never emotionally curse. This is this. as sad as when the Powerpuff Girls I think Sam canceled. We have to take this into our own hands. I don't think we have and the money. In crowdfund. Actually, we probably do have the money for that. I think we need to crowdfund and and make it ourselves. I think we're announcing today we are opening a Kickstarter campaign. A Kickstarter <laughs> you want to do that? For, Go ahead. <laughs> for the McDonald Media self-produced fan film of El Muerto based on the two issues he's appeared in. How much would it cost for us to get Bad Bunny? A, a lot. We should, we, should, we should crowdfund just whatever the minimum number is to get him out for a day. <laughs> shoot. And shoot. Every scene. What, like a... Like a 15-minute movie about El Because how much content is there about El Muerto? Okay, what Two we, issues. What do we really need to make this movie, right? Like, one luchador mask, <laughs> a $15 Walmart Spider-Man costume. That's really it. No, Spider-Man's not in it, no. Ours can have Spider-Man. Ooh! Well, ours will be better than mm -hmm. the Sony one. That never happened. I think this is great. I think you can contribute. I think this is a... Representation matters, Sam, and I don't think anything matters more than two white guys 
crowdfunding <laughs> a movie about a fake Mexican wrestler with super strength who only shows up who only in shows one up, and a half issues who of showed Spider-Man. up in two issues of a random Spider-Man comic not even the main one there <laughs> 20 years ago <laughs> I think that's what this is the progress that needs to be made anyway I'm sad for Sony yeah it sucks to see El Muerto I mean if El Muerto can't El Muerto. get off the ground what can Morbius 2. Now they have Honestly, room for Morbius anything. 2. Okay. Anything I feel like would have Allocate the this. funds they would have spent on El Muerto to Morbius 2. I think that would decrease the budget of Morbius 2. I think it would. I, I, Sam, whatever it takes to get Morbius 2. I don't care if it costs $10. If there's a Morbius 2... I don't care. <laughs> I am willing to spend 10 whole no, dollars I don't care. on this project. Yeah, I don't care. As long <laughs> as there is a movie named Morbius 2 released in a movie theater, I'm on board with it. Okay, <laughs> uh, we need more views too. I need to know what happened to scientist girlfriend. Scientist girlfriend character and uh, Milo. Milo. Did he die at the end of that? Um, yes, he got killed by a big yeah, swarm he of was bats. Eaten by bats. Even though I don't think bats do bats do cannibalism. We need to know what Morbius found intriguing about the vultures. Offer. We need to know what he found in. Yes. Okay. Remember when uh, Scorpion was in Spider-Man: Homecoming, yes. and he has not ever showed up in that any movie. Came Marvel out six since? years ago. What's going on with that? I don't think they know. That was only six years ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like Homecoming's older than that. Six years ago, 2017. It feels older because they did those three Spider-Man movies like really, really fast. All three of them came out really. Yeah, I guess they all came out like fairly close to the end of. of- Far From Home came Infinity out Saga. in July of 2019, and then No Way Home came out in December of 2019. Like, they were cranking those things out yeah. fast. And I'm sure there'll be another one in, like, 2025. Which a four-year well, gap. Maybe if the, the strike stops. Well, I'm, you know, that Tom Holland, he's a scab. I'm, he would do it. So, no. Well, he's British. In the, I'm, I think he's in the American probably, because he's probably got dual citizenship. Works here. Only. I don't think that's how... I think he probably has to be in SAG because all of those Marvel productions SAG has to be. No, in but SAG I think I think the British Union like negotiate. I think SAG. I think he's he's probably they have here, their right? own rules because the, there are SAG productions that have like British represented actors in, not part of. I think SAG. he's definitely in SAG. I don't know what is I don't know what's going on with him, but I'm guessing he's not going to do Spider Man right now. Nope, that's Timothy Chalamet. Anyway, what else is happening? David Zaslav, <laughs> our boy, you know, our two favorite people, everyone at Sony and David Zaslav. You know, they're, they're keeping the world turning. So David Zaslav, you know, working man, down-to-earth guy. Man of the people. Man of the people, David Zaslav. He was recently at the Goldman Sachs Communicopia and Technology Conference. They are not an uh, evil cabal. Nope. Definitely not. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a meeting between a bunch of billionaires. Plotting, plotting to, to become, become billionaire square. Trillionaires. Um, uh, where he told those in attendance that Warner Brothers' real strength is in its IP. And that they, he believes they have not been utilizing it enough. Right. In his words, he says they haven't done long-form Superman for 10 years. And we haven't done anything with Harry Potter for over a decade. Again, the I, same with I Lord of the Rings. Okay, but... um, Superman, like... Yeah... Man of Steel came out 10 years ago, but he was in like four other movies other than that one. 
Technically, it is long-form Superman. He was in a movie last year. Okay, but that's not a story about Superman. That's true. Well, I get, well but like BVS and Justice League, you were definitely about Superman. I think he's thinking in the same way that like Iron Man was a long-term story. Because he was in Superman was like a side part of two movies that are not about him. And then he says, Harry Potter... Harry, okay, not doing Harry Potter in a decade is just objectively wrong. They did three Fantastic Beasts movies. Yeah, but that's not Harry Again, Potter. one of them came out a year ago. I think he means literally making Harry Having Harry Potter, Potter in the name? Yeah. That really restricts you on what you can do with the Harry Potter IP if it only can have Harry I Potter in the name. I don't think he's really thinking about that. I think he's going, we have this name that makes money. Why aren't we using it to make money? That's what he's doing. That's what he's saying. And again, I don't, I don't even think he's entirely okay, wrong. but they've been doing Harry Potter stuff. When did the last Harry Potter they movie come out? They did a stage out? play. When did the last Harry Potter movie come out? 2011? Yeah, so that's 12 years been since Harry Potter had a movie. Hallows Part 2. When did Part 2 come out? 20, yeah, 2011. But like, they did Three Fantastic Beasts. They did the Hogwarts Legacy game. That was big. They did the stage play on Broadway. That's been a pretty big thing. They've been doing things with you know the what? brand. Change my mind. New take. Harry Potter as a universe does not have the legs to make all mm. this stuff. It would if they weren't like super lazy with like what they were willing to do with it. Like I compare Harry Potter to Star Wars a lot because I feel like they're it's the exact same story. Yeah, that. <laughs> but where they differ is Star Wars has infinite legs to like keep making expanded stuff because mm. star wars you go back you go back a million years you can tell cool stories you go forward a million years okay you can keep you can tell cool stories that is technically true and that any sci-fi thing you can just do anything but like in terms of star wars itself it pretty much always just ends up like regressing into people with Blue or green laser sword fighting man with red laser sword. But that's sword. not that's not because the universe and there's an empire and there's a rebellion. That's, that's pretty not much because always the universe it itself is limited. That's because the creative people behind it are restricted. But like Mandalorian came out when when it started. At least that was like a Western thing. Andor is like a political oh, thriller. Like genre wise, yeah, you can. Yeah, do I'm saying you want, Star Wars has infinite legs. You can tell a million stories. Harry Potter is always a coming, and they'll all thing. have some unique take on Star Wars. Harry Potter, there's one take. There's no nuance. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure that's... Maybe the Harry Potter fans are going to define me or something now that I've said that. But there's very little nuance in Harry Potter. Where it's like, okay, let's take the two main villains, the most known villains from each mm -hmm. Voldemort. Voldemort is just evil. For, like, no real reason. Pretty much, yeah. Now, Palpatine is also By the way, evil so for me, no real reason. Me, neither of me or Sam have ever read a Harry Potter book. I understand Harry Potter I, okay. through the Lego sets. That's Sam's basis <laughs> of knowledge. I have seen the first Harry Potter movie, and I saw the Broadway play. I know a lot <laughs> and about... And I read the recap of the, the books in the playbill for the Broadway I know show. a That's lot what I about know. the characters, because, like, when I was younger, I was really into, like, verses like character content type thing so i'd be like well this guy can do all these spells and they do all these things so i'm fairly versed in the world of harry potter i just haven't actually read the books <laughs> uh, where, where you know the lore of harry potter. but um so where is if now dark 
Palpatine is also evil for no particular reason, but he's not the face of the villains in Star mm-hmm. Wars. Darth Vader is. And Darth Vader is a far more nuanced character well, yeah. than Voldemort. Voldemort's just mean. Anakin is like this character with a bit of a, you know, a bit of a tragedy to him. You can kind of you can examine Darth Vader. You can track an evolution. You, you can pick Darth Vader apart and find interesting things about him. If you pick a Voldemort character. apart, he's just a mean evil guy. He's a mean with a evil man nose. with no nose. Was he's that in the books or was that a thing they made up for the movie? I think it's in both. Well, I think the book is it describes him as like a plain, like white skull face. Like the red skull, but he's white. Yeah, and then I think in the movie they were just like, nah, it looks creepier. Nah, he he's has just no a nose. thumb, actually. He's just a big walking thumb. All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't entirely disagree with this here. I mean, they have failed to capitalize properly he also on says the DC brand. They haven't done anything with Lord of the Rings in a long time either. That yeah. one. Yeah, that's pretty true. I mean, they're making this show true. on Amazon. and They that... did the three Hobbit movies. But I feel like that that's, that's more because of the rights surrounding expanding that universe okay. more than it has been. But they did the three Harry Potter movies. They did the Am- they didn't directly there do it there, but there movies. was the Amazon oh not the Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings. They did the three Hobbit movies. And then they did the T V show. Yeah. Right? They've done games. They did all the Shadow of Mordor games. I mean they've been doing stuff with Lord of the Rings. Again, similar to Harry Potter, but in a very different way. Like Lord of the Rings, you can't do really a whole lot else other than Lord of the Rings. Otherwise, people get very upset seeing yeah, a TV show. In a, <clears throat> Lord of the Rings is kind of funny in the way that the fans treat it almost like a religion in terms of like the sacredness of the text. Yeah. Like Star Wars is constantly retconning and changing things. It's very lucid. I think you can it, play with it a lot more. I think it's mostly because of like the highbrow or more highbrow. One... Lord of the Rings books are much older. Two, um, J.R.R. Tolkien is dead, and you know that you know George Lucas, J.K. Rowling, these people are all J- George R.R. Martin. But, but if you they're all still it to alive, like Lord of the Rings, that's also a lot more lucid. Like you can change it a lot more. But people are like, they they like when they do a spinoff of Star Wars, that's like a thing that is continued with George Lucas still alive. Like when J.R.R. Tolkien is dead. So when you alter his work, people kind of see it as like a bastardization of yeah. it, unless as of like an extension, because like he wasn't directly involved. Not that George Lucas or J.K. Rowling are directly involved in anything they're doing with any of those properties, but because they're like still around to see it, and I guess like they can endorse it or not, it, not endorse least, yeah. it. It's completely different. Also, unlike Star Wars, uh, Star Wars was a movie meant for like vast, like public consumption, and just tr- like immediately became this massive franchise. Yeah. Lord of the Rings was like a series of like classical novels. So I don't, it's a, it's a whole different dynamic between the, the, like those books and every other IP out there. And even when they do take creative liberties and they kind of stretch it more, like we see with the Rings of Power show, not really a big face for Lord of the Rings nowadays. I think that's kind of died off as a thing people are interested in. The books came out almost. Like over 70, like around 70 years ago, right? Yeah. So anyone who read those books when they came out is probably dead. So your average person who is like aware of Lord of the Rings is aware of those Peter Jackson movies. And those Peter Jackson movies are that one set trilogy set in stone and is one of the greatest, probably the greatest movie trilogy of all time. Those three Lord of the Rings. Oh, and how long ago did those come out? About 20 years ago. 
So again, I think it's just like the it, people see it as like a set. Like this is this is the story. Yeah. And I think it I think it's just because it like it's those three movies like definitively. But you're saying you're saying it was peak when it came out. Well, like it stopped. It, it, it hit that. It hit its peak. Well, as like soon as it was made, it stopped and started, and there was never any intention to do anything else with it. Yeah, it 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 was a story with an ending, with a beginning, in mind. middle, and an end. Yeah, and like Star Wars has no end; it just keeps going. It just keeps going. Well, and also again, Star Wars like immediately like they were doing comic books and in audiobooks and video games and just like whatever they could. Yeah. Lord of the Rings it was always just like this is the this is the thing and then this it's done. This is the story. Yeah. And then they uh, then now they've just been like picking scraps out of like his and I guess you know what? Yeah, old that, journals to like even, find stuff even to make Game shows of Thrones about. very much doesn't really have a, a beginning and an end. It's start No, it a, just continually it's just a piece goes. of their world and it continues like, beyond that The Lord of the Rings is technically three books, but you it's really one. Yeah, that are just split it's up. It's really the Hobbit, which is a shorter kids book, yeah, and then Lord of the Rings, really which is the main weird. text. Yeah, it's just those, those it's those two things. There's obviously the, I know I know there's the Samarillion. I know there's that stuff. But there's that's all like a that. war book. That's not even. But like that's a story. that's that does. I'm not including that. Like, I don't know. It's just the way that that's that that's franchises. Like, that's like reading the novelizations of Star Wars and being like, oh, don't forget the DK character glossary. Like, that's not like part of the story. Well, because if I say there's just the two Lord of the Rings books and someone out there is going to be like, actually, there's the children of blah, blah, blah. I know there's there's a million. There's a million of those now. Who matters? They've been doing just they found George. There are two that they matter. found J. They found J.R.R. Tolkien's like great step nephew and he's been writing the books and the tolkien that's name. so strange it's just like your great grandpa wrote some books and you're just like still doing that it's strange until those royalty checks come in and then it's not so strange anymore no and i mean it's I'm, pretty not, nice. I'm not talking about like monetarily <laughs> i'm saying like the idea of you not having a legacy because your entire life you spent continuing that of your dead ancestors yeah i could see how that Again, I think the checks outweigh the like mental toll. <laughs> but like, he could have written like a his own thing. Yeah, but you know, Lord of the Rings—that's guaranteed sales. Yes. And you know, you walk in a room, you'd be like, "I'm related to Tolkien." People are like, "Yo, I know who that Do is." Do you write other books that take place <laughs> in the same universe? Like, that's so weird. No, but like, you get you get clout from having the name, like. Yeah, because whether like, or not you have any talent, someone thinks you do just because you have the same name. Yes. Anyway, there's more to this th th that he said. Um, so those as I've mentioned that the the these big properties was one of the big differentiators of this company. Also noted, we've got to be careful not to overuse the content. He also noted that when you look at the performance of Warner Brothers over the past 20 years, without accounting for these properties, it's relatively flat. When you put these franchises in, it's the best performing studio in the world. We need to deploy our best capital, and we need to do it with the best creative people in the world. Oh, uh, you mean without your IP, your studio is worthless? So. That's what he said. Yeah. Obviously, Batman is carrying your studio, and if you stop making really, Batman. <laughs> that's a really insulting take to your studio. If you didn't have Batman, you'd be if pathetic. If we <laughs> didn't have these Hundred year so old really stories. really narrowing it down to three brands. If we didn't have these hundred year old stories that we've been repackaging for our entire existence, the creative minds here would flounder and perish. That's what he said. Yeah, that's like it. That to me, if I was like 
anyone who was like trying to come up with an original project at Warner Brothers, I'd be like, mm, all right, cool. Guess they don't care. Guess I have to go write Plastic Man now. Guess I have to make Superman. Guess they're gonna have me make Aquaman three. <laughs> Imagine having to make Aquaman. Probably never happen. And not now, unless this next one makes. It money. was never gonna happen. What if it makes a billion dollars? They what if it's a giant it hit? Won't matter. What if out of nowhere this is just a giant hit? That's exactly what happened with the first one, and look how much they care about the second one. <laughs> It was Any, an out-of-nowhere massive hit, and no one cares no one about cared. the second one. Anyway, yeah, so Warner Brothers is doing their thing. When do you think these IPs will run out of steam? Um, see, here's the thing. If you're good... Oh, by at, the way, sorry. So he says um, they have a 10-year plan in the works at DC. That's what they got James Gunn for. You already know that. Harry Potter is going to go for 10 years on HBO. They're going to do that show. Sure, okay. 10 years on HBO. That's such a long time. Um, and then they said they're going to do multiple Lord of the Rings movies. We know that they're doing the animated one next year. That's not presumably good. more after that. They're definitely going to do more live action ones, 100%. I would not be shocked if they just straight up do a sequel. What if they or did, try to do a sequel? What if the, the animated Lord of the Rings movie that they're making is a sequel to the animated one from before Peter Jackson made? Like the Rolf Bakshi one? Yeah, the like rotoscoped one. Well, it'd be a prequel. It'd be cool if they rotoscoped it. Again, that, yeah, that'd be sick. I think it's like an anime studio doing it. Oh, things anime. Well, it's a film. Let me see. If yeah, I can... but if it's by an anime studio, anime. Yeah, let's see. Boop 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 bop. Who's doing it? I want to know. Give me a minute to find it. Meantime, comment down below what's your favorite ba brand of being directed by Kenji Kamiya. That's definitely not his name. He did the Blade Runner Black Lotus anime. Remember that? Oh, the CGI one? Yeah, he did a vision. He did a short on Star Wars Visions. He's done some Ghost in the Shell stuff, some Ultraman stuff. So he's, he's an anime guy. He's the guy that they call to like resurrect the dead franchise. Did some work on DuckTales from 1987. 1987. The original one. <laughs> mm -hmm. This guy's had a very strange has career. Has he ever directed anything before? I don't think he has. Yeah, I think it's his first like main feature directing effort. Anyway, Interesting. Uh, moving on, Sam, Marvel Studios VFX workers have voted unanimously to unionize. Uh, they're going to be joining the IATSE, which is the... IATSE? Yeah. The one that does is it the internet? I think it's internet. I don't think it's international. Something Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. It's the union that everyone who isn't a writer, actor, or director is a member this of. This one makes a, li that makes a little more sense to me than when they were doing... Um... Who was the other one that they, they? Oh, the video game people. Yeah, let's see. Uh, probably I don't know. But the I don't know. This makes more sense to me because I mean, I VFX can be. A... Yeah. So this is the first uh, in any way major VFX unionization effort uh, in history. Which is also, I mean, long overdue. It's yeah. Long overdue. The next stage Hopefully of the this process will finally is mean that we get studios. like some less. Bad. Hopefully it means they can uh, work like a definitive hours and not like miss their children's births. Yeah, so like we'll get more animate. quality products. Yeah. And it'll take more time. The thing that causes literally all of these things to be bad is that they rush them. And if you make them take more time, you get a better quality product. Yeah, pretty much. That's the reason you know, not, there's, there's a reason Ant-Man looks like crap. It's because they filmed it a month before it came out. <laughs> yeah... Anyway, so that's that. Good on them. They should go on strike immediately. 
I think. Yeah, I mean, I they probably will. I I fully expect them to. I mean, everyone else is. They want to. They don't want to be left out. No, everyone should. They want to join the they gang. All they want to join the crew. Um. All right. Next thing. Let's talk some summer movie. Numbers, Let's get Sam. into that board now so, that summer is officially. Now over. that summer's over. Ugh. This is this on frame. Is this in frame? That is in frame. Okay. These were our final summer numbers. I got it here. So Sam. Picked eight out of ten correct in the summer top ten. His two misses were The Flash and Fast X. Neither one of them made the top ten domestic box office. Again, I thought it was going to be international. That's why I put Fast. I also put eight. You're drifting out of frame. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I also got eight out of ten correct. Um, however, I only had one placed in the correct place. That was, uh, let me see here. I put it down. That was Guardians 3 at number three. That lined up with the actuals. Sam, however, had three oh, in the correct place. Miss, except for the seven other ones. He had Indy 5 at 7, Mission Impossible at 8, and Elemental at 10. So, Sam, you are the summer box office Yay, champion I got it right. for this year. Uh, obviously, neither one of us were wrong about number one. I was... So horribly wrong about number one and two. I had Indy See, five at one. I was saying from day one, Barbie was going to pop off. So Sam and had Barbie everyone at one. doubted me. No one <laughs> believed me. I was the only one. I was like, Barbie is going to explode. And I was right. So if you look here, I was so horribly wrong about many things. So I had the flash at number two. That didn't even crack the top 10. I Let's can go. Pull Let's up, go. I can pull it up for you here in a second where it actually ended up landing. Um, because it was way more embarrassing. Um, here we go. I'm surprised that Transformers ended up on the. I was too. That was there was two that snuck in here. Transformers uh, came in here at number nine. I think Elemental is also the only one that was on here and, twice. And uh, Sound of Freedom was obviously the wild card that came out of nowhere. Yeah, that just that just didn't even spawned. have that didn't even have a release date when we that did movie these. just appeared. The Flash <laughs> ended up at number twelve. Yeah, that sounds about who, right. Who would have guessed that out of Elemental and The Flash, which opened the same weekend, That's hilarious. that Elemental, Elemental would have done $50 million dollars more domestically That's than so, The Flash I did. love that. That's actually amazing. Yes, The Flash was a horrible failure. So my one and two are embarrassing. I had Guardians 3 in the right place. I called that one right. I had Fast X at four. Again, that didn't even make the top 10. It just barely missed out at number 11. Um, Mission Impossible, I had it at five. It ended up being much lower. Spider-Verse, I had way too low. Spider-Verse also, yeah, Spider popped off in a way that we didn't really two. expect. That was number one for most of the summer, and then, until, and then Barbie exploded. Until the Barbie nuclear bomb hit. Uh, Little Mermaid at seven, ended up being a little bit higher. Elemental at eight, ended up being just barely in the top ten. I, for some dumb reason, put Barbie at number nine. Obviously, I that don't. That, I one. do not understand why you I should have put it higher. I don't know why it ended Even up back, so much Even back lower. when we started, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Because I was sensing hype for it. I don't know why I ended up putting it so low. And then Oppenheimer, 10. Okay. Oppenheimer at 10, thinking back to May, that, that is not. That made sense in May. That made some sense. Who, like, a three-hour R-rated biopic. See, I put it a lot higher because I was like, Christopher Nolan that hasn't high. made a, a, a slammer recently, so he's probably going to, this one could could swing out. Yeah. It, it did. It, it popped off pretty So Sam was hard. obviously uh, pretty much on the money. Actually, the yeah, part. if you swap Little Mermaid and Oppenheimer, those are all Spider-Verse, right. uh, higher than he put it. Barbie, of course, number one. Other than that, yeah. I, we both put the Flash on there. 
Obviously, that did not pan out. Yeah. Guess we should have called Transformers. But Transformers... See, I forgot Transformers was coming out when I made this list. Yeah. Anyway, I knew it was coming out. I was just thinking, like, it's been six years since the last one. Nobody liked it. It didn't do very well. No, when I when I made that list, I literally looked up, like, summer movies, and I just... I didn't even register Transformers. I ignored it completely. But, okay, here's our... So, here we go. So, overall, summer box office up 16% over last year. Uh-oh. Which makes total sense. Not the number given, my like, microphone COVID popped out of the like still dying yeah. off. Up sixteen percent over last year. Hit four billion in total grosses. Uh, that's the thirteenth time that's happened. Barbie and Oppenheimer combined for twenty-two percent of the summer box office. Demand, that's crazy. Which is it makes sense, but that's crazy. So we had thirteen movies gross over a hundred million, which is up from nine. Wait, wasn't last year wasn't Mario? Wait, no, that came out. That came out summer. in uh, April. Five films made over two hundred million, which is the same as last year. So obviously our number one, Barbie, six hundred and twelve million dollars domestically. What else is there to say? You guys almost, already know. Almost twice as much as number two, which was Spider Verse at three eighty million. Um, which was really, really, really good. We'll get and also further super that later surprising. On. We did not think Spider Spider Verse was gonna go that far. I think we knew it was gonna be bigger than into the Spider Verse. But we I didn't think I thought because it was animated not as it much wasn't gonna hype. Crack as high. Yeah. yeah. Obviously it didn't do anything near but No Way Home did, but I think that's unrealistic that, to expect yeah, again, out of any movie. Um, Guardians 3, I think, did about where everyone was expecting to, $358 million domestically. Um, Oppenheimer, 310 which is nuts. Crazy for Oppenheimer. Crazy for Oppenheimer. Little Mermaid did 298 which is actually uh, on the stronger end of, or at least on par with other domestic... But it was also the only like live-action kids movie i think that came out also well so the so if you remember back when the little mermaid came out in april there was a whole there was a lot of yelling on the internet about it being woke and it ended up doing about what the aladdin remake did domestically makes sense because the audience is probably exactly the same however it did much 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 worse internationally so aladdin did 355 million domestically back in 2019 Little Mermaid did 298. So less, $60 million less, but still like not I think Aladdin, abysmal. I think Aladdin also had some like Bollywood hype. However, Aladdin had 700, almost 700 million internationally. Little Mermaid only did 270. I, I That's really bad. Did, for some reason, I, didn't Aladdin like really pop off in India? Maybe take me a minute to I find that. I vaguely remember hearing that like it blew up. Let me, uh, and there's yeah but india has like a huge it did obviously it did best in the u.s and then uk spain germany france italy netherlands and then the uae that did about yeah maybe i'm thinking of the maybe you're thinking of the uae but anyway so little mermaid of course that had a 250 million dollar budget compared to the 200 million dollar budget on aladdin so bigger budget less money it did really well on disney plus uh, when it dropped this last that week, makes, so I think every every big like kid targeted movie. I does think that was a tale of parents being like, "I don't want to have to sit in a movie theater with my kids and control them for two hours. I'll wait to watch it at home." Also, it's the summer. I have two five year old girls. Boop. Yeah. Now they're quiet for an hour. Yep. Put on <laughs> Encanto. Put on Moana. That's Just what have Disney them Plus on is repeat. for. That's really what Disney Plus is for. It's the babysitting app. If you look at the Nielsen top 10, it's just like the same three Disney yeah, Plus it's, movies it's every week after like week after all, week. It's the three most recent princess movies. It's Moana, and the two most recent live Encanto, action 
and uh, Frozen. Just those three. Yeah, the three week. most recent princess movies. Um, Sound of Freedom, obviously the big out of nowhere hit, 183 million domestically. Uh, became a political thing, of course. That was so weird. Came out of nowhere. The politics surrounding that movie, I think, was some of the worst discourse I'd ever seen in my entire life. Oh, he's getting a lemonade. Yeah, that was that was so funny. I loved how. Uh, I don't even want to. It was just great, all around phenomenal. As every movie has nowadays. One side was like, oh, the, the, it's a conspiracy. They don't want you to see this movie. Everyone go see this movie. And the other side was like, hey, you know, not all pedophiles are bad. I was like, whoa, that's insane. So yeah, the, the discourse around that movie got pretty freaking crazy. Yeah. Honestly, if I was these, like, conservative-leaning movie studio people. Oh, I, I doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on this. Cut the budget and put in a third of the effort. Yeah, no, make make like fifteen more of these. You just make it. It doesn't even have to be a good movie. If it's just if you just make it a political thing, then you make money on it. But see, the movie the movie wasn't even political. Like the no. movie itself was like not a political movie. No, it was originally going to be released by by Disney. Yeah, it just for <laughs> for reasons that are too confusing and stupid. And then the to Fox explain. merger happened. There was a bunch of legal loopholes. Yeah, and it got and it, it got lost up by a studio. This thing was shot four years ago. Yeah, no, this. This movie was not like the movie itself was not political at all. It was mm. very, it was made the, it a was political. It was just a solid thing. movie. It wasn't. It wasn't yeah. great. It wasn't bad. It was just fine. But the discourse around it, you know, propelled it beyond all reasonable it's measure. And because the movie and yelling, because the movie was actually decent, people went to go see it, and they were like, "Oh, that's that's good. That's a good honestly, movie. It's good that it succeeded. It's an original film made by a smaller studio. The at story a low budget. behind the guy is actually really cool." No, it it's all good. It's just that a it became it so toxic so that it, no one wanted to talk about any. No one wanted to talk about the movie. I would have a guess eighty percent of the people who were talking about the movie never saw the movie. Yeah, or know anything about it. They just saw articles online and started yelling. Um, one of the pretty one of the biggest failures of the year was in at number seven, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, one hundred seventy four million domestically. Another colossal failure behind it, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. See, and the Indiana 170 Jones, million. Uh, I called domestically. that one too. I called that really early on. I was like, Indiana Jones is a dead franchise. They haven't made content in like twenty years. It's been fifteen years. Yeah, I since I anything fully expected the fact that it had been completely stagnant for yeah. the last decade and a half. To cripple the movie, and it did. I right on the money again. Also, a, somewhat of a political thing, but I think the the zero uh, nourishment provided to the franchise for the fifteen years was probably the biggest factor in that movie. One hundred percent. No, because the only reason why Star Wars movies like still had like a lot of like because they kept making Star they Wars. Kept making Star, there were games coming out on a yearly basis. Clone Wars show was carrying the franchise, and after that, Rebels picked up and kept they on toys, kept right on going. And toys kept coming out. Comic. There was a lot of culture around Star Wars mm -hmm. still. As soon as Crystal Skull, yeah, Crystal Skull came out, all Indiana Jones hype plummeted to an all-time low, and then stayed there until now, and then it didn't really recover. It kind of just simmered. Yeah. So, uh, Transformers. Rise of the Beast came out at number nine. Um, that one actually didn't end up performing that well either, but 
came out again not surprising elemental another one that ended up not performing very well just came in at number 10 153 million elemental uh, had the best legs out of all these movies by far yeah just kept on that one just kept chugging kept opened really low everyone pretty much just thought it was gonna end up being a everyone wrote it off right away nothing it just kept making its money week after week. What's the, I think that's going to be... Rocky movie where he goes like a bunch of rounds? Rocky 1. Yeah, that's his, it was just like Rocky <laughs> 1, except for he didn't lose. Mm-hmm. He just kept winning. Well, it kind of lost. It didn't make any money theatrically, but... Yeah, but it kept winning. It kept. It made enough, and it'll probably turn up a profit on... It's going to get good viewership on Disney+. Plus. It'll probably make some money on PVOD and, okay. and physical media. I think even... Maxed out potential turbo ultimatrix mega evolution perfect scenario for this movie to release in. I think it still would have made about what it made here. Uh, because it's you think if they had done it was a let's be honest, pretty average animated kids. Okay, you think if this had come out in like a 2019 cinema environment, you don't think it would have done much better? No, I don't think so. And, and, and so, like, if Soul came out in perfect turbo, all those things I said, perfect environment, I think it would have done extraordinarily well. Because that was a much more, um, it just felt more real. It felt like a more genuine story. Whereas Elemental, I'm not saying it didn't feel genuine or didn't feel, like, real. But it just, it was very cookie cutter, very by the book almost. Couple couple films to contrast Elemental. Another Disney film that opened really low, but then was just ironically dead on arrival and just didn't go anywhere. It was Haunted Mansion. Oh, I, that didn't count. If The Flash and Indiana Jones hadn't come out this year, this is the giant bomb we, we would be talking no, about. No, that movie didn't come out. $150 million budget. Definitely more than that. This is what they're reporting. 106 worldwide gross. I one this is upwards believe. of probably and this one had a big marketing budget too. There was a lot. Yeah, of there were ads for, everywhere. There were freaking. This probably lost ads. Maybe at maybe two hundred million dollars. I I fully believe that this movie did not actually come. I Why? Think, I think I think it was a conspiracy. So the reason this movie came out this summer was that the Marvels was supposed to open in July. Yeah. That needed reshoots. They pushed it back to November. So they pushed this one up. They moved this one up into the into late July to make up because I guess Disney was like, we need to fill it all in this calendar. This was supposed to come out in September, late September. More sense. I still don't think it would have been a hit. No, it would have died. If it came out in September, it would have done better. Because sure. it's a Halloween it's thing. Vibes. Yeah. But releasing a very obviously... And okay, there's a difference between a Halloween movie in a horror movie. Horror this movies can do better year-round, right? Yeah. Because horror is a genre. But fun, spooky atmosphere, family entertainment, that's for Halloween. There's a difference because between the only horror time families want to be spooked is around Halloween Yeah, there's time. a difference between horror and, and spooky. spooky. This is a spooky movie. This is a movie. spooky movie. This is a Hotel Transylvania. And this is an Adams Family okay. thing. That's this should come out in September, October. To be honest, Disney is not capable of making a horror movie because they want everything to be clean and nice and family-friendly. Sam, they made one this summer. I'm talking Disney Disney, not like not, one of not Disney's like Not Fox, not Disney Fox. Five companies down the line companies. I'm talking about Disney Disney. Disney Disney is not going to make a horror movie, ever. Hmm. That will never be a thing. And when you release... Well, they used to do Touchstone. 
Yeah, but they don't even do that anymore. No. And even Touchstone didn't really release horror No, movies. they did just like slightly risque things. Yeah, they released movies that were like, would might make your six-year-old uncomfortable. Like they, that's really <laughs> Wait, That game. should have been the tagline. Might make your six-year-old uncomfortable. But like, no, D- Disney will never make a horror movie. And when you have a spooky movie mm-hmm. with this type of budget, this type of setting, and this level of cast, because the cast was insane, um... That will not work because you expect yeah. horror from that. And obviously, of this thing was hit pretty hard by the SAG strike. It's obviously got an absurdly famous cast. Yeah, and the marketing would have been sending them out to do a bunch of press, and they couldn't. That did not. They happen. couldn't even do the premiere. Remember, there was they had all the yeah they had Disney characters. They had all the Disney character actors show up from the theme park. Um, another animated film that was a absolute horrible bomb. I think you know which one this is. Actually, you probably forgot about it. Sam, do you remember Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken? I do remember that movie being said so, that it was coming out. This That's is another one that I don't believe is real. This came out, uh, had this one had a pretty low budget, only $70 million, um, $42.8 million worldwide gross. Yeah, that, that checks. Had not a heavy marketing campaign, had a little, little marketing campaign. Well, it probably wasn't that expensive, but... Uh, yeah, that is nowhere near profitable. This one's not going to make up for it on PVOD. And no one has said a word about this movie. Um, I haven't heard anything about it being terrible. It's just, uh, it's just. I've tanked. heard nothing. It, it, no one said anything. About no it. one said anything about it. Um, so in terms of the top ten, Disney has four in the top ten. Sony has one. They snuck uh, Spider Verse in there. That was really their only big release this summer, anyway. Universal got one in there. Would have had two if Fast X stuck around. Paramount had two. Uh, Warner Brothers had one, but it was a big one. And Angel Studios, of course, had one. So let's talk about the big winner. Of course, we all know what it is. It's Barbie. Highest grossing film of the summer. Highest grossing film of the year domestically and internationally. I think it's Warner Brothers' highest grossing movie. Highest grossing film in the history of Warner Brothers. The highest grossing film ever solely directed by a woman. Only one behind Frozen 2, which is co-directed by him. Yeah. Um, 13th highest grossing film of all time. Domestically, 15th highest grossing worldwide. Uh, Intelligence, which is a uh, data collection company for like entertainment, uh, estimates that over 50 million people saw Barbie in a movie theater. Uh, the Quorum is reporting that it pulled in 55% of infrequent moviegoers. That's the, I mean, yeah. that's the demographic you need to be a global mega hit. You're in for, so your frequent moviegoers are like once a month, maybe. Your super frequent goers are once a week, which is us. Yeah. And then uh, then you have your infrequent. I mean, think about who came with us to see Barbie. It was two people that literally never come to see movies with us. That's true. And then and then your infrequent moviegoers are like once or twice a year. Yeah. They, they show up for your avatars, your Avengers Endgames, and apparently your Top your Gun Mavericks, and your Barbies. Um. On a budget of 150 million, advertising budget also 150 million. If you factor in all of the complex numbers, this data was crunched by a box office analyst, my boy Dan Merle. 340 million dollars in profit at the global box office, yep, that which is sense. like eight times the closest guy. <laughs> like absolutely absurd profit margin on this thing. Big money, and it's gonna do giant. It's gonna do huge numbers on PVOD. You're going to see clips of it posted on TikTok on a daily basis. Uh, 
it's going to be big when it comes to stream on on Max. It's going to be a, a, a giant money maker for them. Yeah. As soon as the strike is over, they they're going to have Greta Gerwig's name signed on to do eight more of these things. Oh, they're going to pump these out. They're going to just pump these Barbies out every every other year. They're going to make as many Barbie movies until as there it's are diminishing Barbies. returns. That's going to be the goal until it just gets embarrassing how poorly they perform. Yeah, that's what every movie studio does with every single brand that they have. Mm-hmm. All right, before we move on to the next thing, I got to go to the bathroom. Okay. Okay. Same. Oh, okay. So moving on, uh, Oppenheimer, another big hit of this year, of course. Uh, highest grossing movie to ever... Okay, this is a weird stat. Highest grossing movie to never be number one at the domestic box office. So n at no point during this movie's run was it the number one movie of the weekend. However, it ended up being the second highest grossing R-rated movie of all time, 850 million dollar gross on a 100 million dollar budget with a 100 million print and advertising budget estimated profit of 111 million dollars now i know what you're thinking sounds pretty low for a movie that was this much money and brought in and was cost relatively not super expensive christopher nolan because of the deal he negotiated with warner brothers got 77 million dollars off this film i thought he wasn't I thought this one wasn't with Warner Brothers. Oh, sorry. Universal. Yeah, you're right. Thank you for catching me. He got $77 million at this movie's gross. That's a lot of the movies. Yeah, Christopher Nolan can pretty much fund <laughs> his own next movie if he really wanted to. Yeah, if he wanted to make like a smaller budget one. Yeah, so that's crazy. It's his highest grossing film at, outside of his Batman stuff, of course. Because uh, nothing's going to make more. Highest, yeah. Sound of Freedom, of course, another big hit. Reported budget around 14.5 million, marketing budget of 5 million. However, its marketing budget was raised entirely through crowdfunding. So that was a zero net cost to the studio. Brought in 185 million. That's probably going to be $100 million in profit from that film, especially since that one had really great legs. If your movie has really great legs and, it's make, and it makes more money that way, the studio rakes in more from that than they do the opening weekend. Yeah. So, and then Spider-Verse, of course, big hit. Spider-Verse did uh, twice as much as Into the Spider-Verse did. Um, highest grossing comic book movie of the year domestically. That's crazy that it beat out Only a $100 million dollar budget. Guardians 3 was the highest grossing comic book movie internationally. Um, of course, that one cost $250 million. It was the most expensive in the trilogy. About eight forty four, a little bit less than Guardians 2, but still a pretty good... Return, pretty big hit. Um, picked up the slack of Ant-Man and the Wasp that Disney kind of took at the beginning of the year. Kind of put them back on track, although we'll see what happens with the next one. <laughs> the Guardians franchise ended up with over $2 billion in terms of worldwide domestic box office grosses when you combine all three films. So that's pretty good for them. Yeah. In terms of flops, Mission Impossible, budget of 290. Um, highly inflated due to COVID. Yeah, Lots of stops and starts. A lot of it was filmed during. They were filming. It took about two years and to film this whole thing. And have, of course, had a giant marketing budget. However, however, it was only a global gross of $560 million. Um, second lowest grossing in the franchise, unadjusted for inflation. Only did more than Mission Impossible 3. Uh, made $225 million less than Fallout did back in 2018 going to lose about $155 million in the theatrical marketplace. Um, honestly, this one should have done better. It was actually really good. Good movie. 
well marketed. Tom Cruise is off the biggest hit in his this career. Is, this was the best action movie that was also just actually good. I think this one was mostly hurt by its release date. It came out right before Barbie. Yeah. It didn't have any IMAX screens because of Oppenheimer. And this movie really deserved it. The, the like, Don't at the End yeah. was definitely shot with like a big screen in mind. Yeah, it, it, this, this just had all the air sucked out of its lungs. It, it, if this can't had come out... In September, if this, if this had come if out this, this last out, week, like, right now, yeah, it, it would have do seven hundred million. If it had come out in August, it would have done way, 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 way better. Yeah, it just that that was one of the most like crowded summer movie. A lot of people like, were making fun ever. of Paramount's scheduler, and I think there's a lot to be said about that because Transformers came out right in between Spider Verse and The Flash and Elemental. Mission Impossible came out right between Indiana Jones and Barbenheimer. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out like right at the dead end of the summer. So yeah, really bad timing. Really for bad timing for all three. Um, another, another just absolutely massive bomb and pretty well deservedly so. Sam, why don't you guess what this one is? I'll uh, give you a hint. It rhymes with the Smash. Oh, uh, is it uh, the Fast? <laughs> it's the, the Flashiest, fast, man, the flashiest alive? man Alive. Budget of two hundred twenty-five million. Definitely more though. If you yeah. add in development cost in terms of like the twenty years <laughs> leading up to the movie, <laughs> this thing has to have cost like four hundred million dollars. A version of this movie has been in development since the eighties. Like, yeah, like almost thirty years. Well over thirty years. Um, global gross of two hundred and sixty-seven million dollars had a mars- massive marketing budget, probably north of two hundred million dollars in terms of marketing. It is projected to lose north of two hundred million dollars. Sixth consecutive box office bomb from the DCEU. The Flash, Shazam, Black Adam, The Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey. I'm missing one in between there, but I know there's... There's another one. There's another one. This is before Blue Beetle. So Blue Beetle makes it seven, by the way. Was Blue Beetle also a big, big, big... Not as much because it didn't have nearly as much of a... Nearly as high of a budget. Yeah. And uh, way less marketing spend on that one than, of course, The Flash did. But seven consecutive DCEU flops. Normally, you stop after, like, the third. You usually don't do four more and then have another one ramping up here in a minute. That's because they... I've never seen a company double down and undouble down the same time the hardest more than DC. They would both double down on their bad decisions and retcon them at the same time they were all playing the time oh i gotta close that door it was it was literally like a nearly weekly occurrence sometimes that they would go out and change a decision they made and then unchange it they were playing both sides so they always came out on top but they only ever came out on bottom <laughs> <laughs> um i don't think they have one indiana jones time. 5 also massive failure budget of 295 million dollars Probably more than that. Again, there was no world where this movie global was not a flop. gross three hundred seventy-one million dollars projected to lose over two hundred million dollars for Disney. Bad. That's like actually like no. a good. A return. lot of the movies this summer, it was a case of way over budget, not underperforming, but budget was massive. The budget should have been half I mean, that. Indiana Jones five three hundred million dollar budget practically. Mission Impossible practically a three hundred million dollar budget. Uh, even Guardians 3, $250 million. Little Murray, $250 million. I mean, these are 
Guardians 3 costing $50 million more than Guardians 2 is like, come on. Little Mermaid, $50 million more than Aladdin or The Lion King. That's yeah. crazy. Um, Indiana Jones made half of what Crystal Skull did in 2008, unadjusted for inflation. It is the lowest grossing movie in the franchise, unadjusted for inflation. It made less money <laughs> awesome. than a movie in 1981. Just zero interest from anyone in that film, I would say. Again, maybe movie franchise designed for 40-year-old men that is 40 years old. Maybe it's, out of, maybe it's run out of steam a little bit. So in terms of the studios, our big five, Disney lost an estimated $621 million this summer in terms of all combining all its releases. Paramount lost $328 million. Universal lost $288 million. Sony managed to only lose $127 million. They, of course, had Spider-Verse, but they also had a No Hard Feelings. That uh, was a Sony movie? That was a Sony movie. Uh, Insidious How 5 was a, a Sony movie. Jennifer Lawrence is naked. And... It did okay. It just had a pretty high... Again, another Wait, high budget. Okay. How on earth was did that movie have a high budget? Jennifer Lawrence got a, a real big paycheck. It was literally... <laughs> okay, but she was the only like A-list actor in the movie. Mm -hmm. It was her, a bunch of random like NBC actors. And Matthew Broderick. Okay, and Matthew Broderick was there too, I guess. But like the yeah. movie had no big set no, that pieces. Was... It, the, the, it took place, I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen some clips of it. It took place like mostly like in a house, in a school, in like a, a, a front yard. Like, how do you spend that much money on that? That one cost 40, 45 million. $87 million return. So pretty good return for R-rated comedy. That's, that's not bad. Especially like, since those wise. haven't been doing well at all recently. But that one's going to go to Netflix. That's going to be big on Netflix. That's going to be huge on That's going to be a huge movie on Netflix. And you're going to see... That, that one that's will another probably one make its money Well, you'll see Netflix. clips just start popping up on TikTok. And they're, that they're Netflix viewership up, yeah. will just skyrocket. That is that is a made-for-Netflix movie. I think yeah, we should have just released on Netflix. Well, it's good that they gave it a theatrical release. And it did pretty well. And it's probably going to turn a profit if you combine the theatrical gross with its eventual PVOD gross. And Sony is actually smart in that they sell their movies to Netflix... So they make money on selling things to streaming, unlike every they other must studio. Have fired whoever came up with that idea, because he was the only smart person at Sony. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one. That was who's the ever, only guy. He's the only guy at Sony who's ever had a good idea. They fired. They fired. He was like, guys, before we invest in Sony Plus, Netflix is gonna give us a hundred million dollars for Venom Two. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you have a good idea at Sony. I think if your idea makes them a certain amount of money, they fire you. They should just fire you. Only bad ideas. I think they do that. Only bad ideas allowed here at Sony. Yeah, that, I mean, okay, how else do you explain... We love you, Sony. You can never do anything How else else do you explain the Craven the Hunter movie? Especially after Morbius came out. Well, they were already making it before Morbius. So cancel it. Stop making it. But it's already how shot. Do you, how do you make Morbius... Yep. And then make it again and think it will work out this time. What if, it is what if it's a big hit? It's not. What you it, already released it. What if it's going to be a big hit, though? It won't. What if it's, what, what if it's a big hit? It can't. <laughs> what if we, it actually is incapable up, of that. Hold up. What if we put the vulture in a post-credit scene? Oh, that's true. What if he says, what if he, what if he needs him? Um, 
Warner Brothers. Oh. Sam. Guess who made the most money out of every studio this summer? It's got to be just Warner Brothers. It's Warner Brothers. Yeah, because they had Barbie. So despite the fact that The Flash was the biggest embarrassment in studio history. They also had their biggest success. They also had their biggest success in studio history. Barbie single-handedly brought them into the green. They made an estimated $21 million in profit in the box office alone this year. Were they the only one that turned a profit? They were the only one that turned a profit, other than like Angel Studios, which had the one movie that made a lot of money. How do we live in a world where you can release... You know why? Where you can release name brand superhero movies, massive, massive projects, humongous brand slam blockbuster bangers... (laughs) And the only and one guy turns and you you lose you all lose money. How? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Because it's Barbie's world and we're all just living in it. Apparently, <laughs> that's that's the only logical explanation. That is the explanation. They, because Sam in Hollywood, you can fail and fail and fail and fail again. And then you could have one thing that works, and it can carry you for the rest of your career. But this isn't going to carry them. This isn't going to carry carried them. It carried them for the summer. It carried them into profit. It's the, it's the only one, though. It literally, off, it literally offset with a bomb that they're was the Flash. They're going to five more, and they're all going to bomb. Because they don't understand why this one made money. You're sounding and, like Ben Shapiro right on, now, Sam. Hang on. No, because Ben Shapiro hates this movie, <laughs> even though it's the only one that made money. He's an idiot. But my point is, they don't understand why their movies make money. No, they, obviously. The lesson they learned was toy movie make money. And if they keep we, this summer, I think is the perfect example of that because we saw legacy franchises release massive installments mm-hmm. and poop their pants and die on the bed. <laughs> And then Barbie came out swinging because it's an original movie, more or less. It was actually good. New take. A new take. Interesting direction. Specific filmmaker's vision. And they're going to make 15 more. And the lesson they learned. And they're going to do exactly what every other franchise this summer did. Because they didn't They're going to make a $250 million Rock'em Sock'em Robots film. Directed by Joe Schmo starring Vin Diesel. And it's going to lose $100 million. You know what? Let's look at Transformers. The first Transformers, I would argue, is the man equivalent to the Barbie movie, right? Let's sure. Let's say those are comparable sure. IPs. The first Transformers movie made a billion million dollars. No, it did. The first one did. It first made money. Made lots. It actually peaked at number four. But it, I'm not talking about over the. the it like, ramped up. It yeah, that's what I'm saying. That one made big money, mm-hmm. big money, yep. big money. Uh oh. Not so much money. Uh oh. Way less this money. This is looking good. Oh, Cranic <laughs> mode. <laughs> Where's G.I. Joe? And they're going to do the same thing with Barbie. So, what we're saying is when we get to Barbie 7, stop. And they go, guys, Polly Pocket's showing up in the next one. No, actually. That's that. when you know it's time to die. Did Polly Pocket and Barbie take place in the same universe? Does G.I. Joe and Transformers take well, yeah, place? Yeah, they, the they had like comic crossovers going on. 
Like, Ooh. I don't think Polly Pocket Sam, what matters is that they're two IPs. But do you see what I'm... Like, it's going to go the same way because they never, yeah. ever learn. Other movies that came out this summer, uh, Book Club 2 made way less than Book Club 1. Oh, no. No one knows why they no, even did that. Book Club 2 didn't make much as, as much money as Book Club Fast 1. Fast X, another giant... Fast X has a reported budget of $340 million. Combined with marketing and being a little bit more realistic, that's probably upwards of like $500 million in terms of total yeah. cost. $714 million return. That's less than Fast 9. Fast 9 came out early 2021. So like still when COVID was yeah, actively affecting... COVID. Still when COVID was actively affecting the movie business. So I... I would think that would tell them that Fast X Part 2 is time to wrap it up. <laughs> no, 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 no. We gotta, Maybe don't make Fast X make Part Fast 1, 2, X and 3. Part 5. I guess they can't do that Hobbs spinoff now. Not. This is the Sagan and WGA strike. So how's it going to come out? Oh, I guess Fast X Part wait. 2 will now be delayed. They'll just wait. So don't it'll all work out. Don't worry about it. I mean, now it won't be like a two-year gap. It'll probably be like they'll a three-year gap. They'll just wait. They'll sure they'll don't work worry. Out. They don't... If we if we have learned anything this summer, it's that they are actually smooth brain, and their smooth <laughs> brains have been sealed in resin to ensure that they develop no wrinkles, so that their brains stay smooth because they don't ever learn. Uh, two comedies that didn't work early in the summer about my father. If you remember, that was the, the Robert the De Niro with the, uh, with the with the peacock. Yeah, my old man is being a weirdo movie. My my, my grandpa ate the family yeah. bird. Yeah. $29 million budget, 18.2 million dollar gross. Um That sounds right. That about probably should have been like right a direct to Hulu thing. The Machine, the Burt Kreischer comedy. Forgot that came I actually out. saw that one. $20 million budget, 10.7 million dollar return. That one's about right. Yeah, that movie wasn't great. Oh, well, it was based on a comedy special that was like already like kind of just an average comedy yeah. special. Transformers. Okay. $200 million budget, $439 million worldwide gross. Not probably terrible. Made maybe made a little money. Definitely will make money on streaming and with all that stuff. And okay, think about these Transformers, right? Oh, it won't make any money on Paramount Plus. Transformers sure. movie gross doesn't really matter because as long as those toy sales went up they're gonna do another Honestly, one the toy sales probably didn't go up that high though i it's, i didn't really see any transformers toys we're in, like, also any not stores. eight years old no, but we, <laughs> how often okay. are you hanging out in the toy every section? time we walk to the video <laughs> game aisle we walk past the toy aisle and anytime you walk past the toy aisle you see the big cardboard cutout of whatever the latest yeah. thing is that they're trying to sell and at no point was it a transformer i'd say it probably did pretty good if you put in the toy sales i'm saying it transformers probably has always had consistently good toy sales yeah because that's what it is and the same with ninja turtles ninja turtles uh, i can find that data on you real quick didn't do super well but it was just reported this last uh, a couple weeks ago that the mutant mayhem line of toys probably this whole year did like a billion dollars in sales yeah because they did something smart that no other no other um ninja turtles movie has ever done which was put a million different toys in it <laughs> that but they made each toy a character that is actually a real character and not a cardboard cutout of a toy yeah so yeah ninja turtles 
$70 million budget, $161 million global gross, obviously still in theaters. Um, so not a great return, but again, those toy sales, we'll so see, high. We'll see Ninja Turtles. They're already going to, they already greenlit the, the TV show. And then I would say that second movie is definitely going to happen yeah. if those toy sales I keep hope up. So. Honestly, the way that they left it off, I'm excited to see what Yeah. Talked about Indiana Jones, talked about Ruby Gilman. Uh, Insidious, The Red Door. That doesn't count. Nobody was talking about it. Guess what, Sam? It's the highest grossing horror movie of the year. It had a yep. $16 million Four. budget. $188 million global gross. It's the highest Damn. grossing one in the series. Just about right. I have met one person who's seen this. Somehow it's a giant hit. See, this is... Some movies just aren't real. Do you know what I, you know what I mean? Like, some movies are just not real. <laughs> like, how is that movie real? No one's seen it. It wasn't old people going to see it. No. Because that's usually what happens. It's like, it's a movie for old people, so they don't really like talk about it on the internet. It still makes a lot of money. That's not an old people movie. That's a teenager movie. Teenagers post all the time. They post every single thing. They always talk about whatever they do. Yeah. Because they so, think everything they do is interesting. Even uh, though it's not. Which is how this show got. But my point is... <laughs> <laughs> my point is... How did no one talk? How, no one was talking about this movie. No, no, not a single person. I honestly thought this one was going to bomb just because of like how generally how did it not bomb? there's no interest in the Insidious franchise. And it just turns out there's there's a fan base yeah, somewhere. I don't, I don't think there's a fan base for Insidious. No, I think there's a fan base for horror movies. And Insidious generally. happened to come out. It's amazing to me how willing audiences are to just watch any horror movie that comes out. And then they are literally so extraordinarily picky about every other genre. Yeah, I don't get it. They will pay 15 bucks to see Joe Schmo's horror movie he made for $13 and filmed in his backyard in a week. And then when it comes to like any other movie, they're like, mm, does it have above an 85 on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, it's very <laughs> strange how horror just gets a pass no yeah. matter what. It's really cool. Money. Honestly, it's a good thing. My it problem is, is not thing. that it's a thing that happens with horror. And my problem is that it doesn't happen with anything else. No, you don't want it to happen with everything. Not, I'm not saying with everything, but like, there are a lot of smaller movies that came out this summer that I'm sure would have benefited from a bunch of people well, okay. randomly deciding to but see it. But the reason why horror movies are so demonstrably profitable is because they so also, cheap. yeah, they have notoriously yeah. microscopic budgets compared to other big blockbuster movies. Yeah. If, for example, uh, I Name a superhero guy. If Blue Beetle cost fifty million, cost fifty million, which by all accounts it could have, if they wanted. It probably cost closer to hundred. If they if they really wanted to to nickel and dime it, yeah. get some like no take name away actors, the CGI city, get the CGI city out of there, <laughs> make it take place in a real place, make the suit still do cool stuff, but maybe get some wires instead of CGI. You know what I'm oh, saying? I'm fly around as much. Yeah, they could have they could have rung it out probably around seventy five million. Yeah. And if they did that, it would have turned a profit easy. Yeah. But every single movie cost $250 million, mm -hmm. doubled for marketing, which is stupid. Another movie that no one saw but was a giant hit, The Meg 2. $129 yeah, million dollar budget. We knew that that was going to make a billion $386 million dollar gross. It's probably going to end up north of $400. Um, that was a big hit internationally, but... It, that's another movie that... That was the only case of, like, it's been five years since the sequel. No one has said a word about it. No one cares. Yet somehow the sequel is a hit. But that's because... Okay, so here's the thing with sequels. The odds that they will make money depends entirely on the complexity of the previous entry. <laughs> if the previous entry was a very complex story that required 
brain to invest to understand. If you have to remember something that happened before, then the odds that it will make as much money are lower because you have to be invested. This move, that Meg One requires, and they, they put it on the poster, they said requires four brain cells to yeah. watch. So the, the investment's not high. So as long as you have four brain cells, you're good. This movie's the same. You don't need much more than that. Blue Beetle, $104 million budget, $114 million gross. Not good. But uh, I don't think, did anyone really expect anything out of Blue Beetle, <laughs> to be honest? Uh, as, as much as I generally have warmed Hello. to that film. Um, another, okay, the one horror movie that bombed, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, $45 million budget, one of the more expensive horror films out there. $21.3 million gross worldwide. Not All right. So compare great. that. Compare the returns, though, to Insidious. How much did it make compared to Insidious? Oh, Insidious did 180. So it made more than Insidious. No, Insidious made way, way, no, no, way, way. I'm saying cost more? Ticket sales. Which one made more, like, Insidious. grossed more money? Insidious. Insidious grossed more? Like $160 million more. What did, what did, uh, what did Demeter make? Like 25. No, no. The number of the ticket sales. It only made $25 million? It only sold $25 million of tickets. That's not the profit? No, that's... Or the losses or whatever? That's how much it made. That's it? Total. That's revenue. <laughs> that's, uh, that's just a demonstrable failure yeah. on all accounts. Strays, uh, $46 million budget. That movie didn't come out. $32.6 million. That movie hasn't come uh, out yet. Global gross. That movie is, has not been in theaters yet. That one was heavily... That one was delayed because of the writer's strike. And then the SAG strike hit and the WGA strike was not resolved by the time its second release date came up. So they just let it die. Yeah, that movie wasn't going to not die. That movie was going to die no, no matter what. That movie would have been a that really... That movie would have been a slam That would have been a slam dunk. 2004, people would have Underground gone, hit, American Pie awesome. type thing in 2003. But in 2023... But 20 years after... Uh, that's not a big, big... Like, anymore. that would have been a funny twist on that idea if, like, we Back were when still that idea in was Air a Bud thing. times. Yeah, like... We're not in Air Bud times what's, anymore. What's the... Is it Benji, which is the one that gets, like, lost every time, and there's, like, a million of them? Yeah, there's there's cats and dogs, there's... Yeah, back Beethoven, when that was a All the dog thing. movies, uh, the buddies movies, like, the spooky buddies, all those. Yeah, all the Air Buds, all those. Yeah, all the Air Buds. Back then, this movie would have gone hard. But, yep. but nowadays, it's going real soft. <laughs> Gran Turismo, $60 million budget, $94 million box office gross. It's not bad. Not bad. Probably won't make probably won't make okay, any see, money. That, but not a horrible failure. That is a good budget. $65 million, Six, that is yeah. a solid for a video game racing movie. That's probably what that's that should have Right cost. around where it should be. Sony it probably uh, you know, didn't lose a ton. That's of like a couple of smart smart moves by Sony here. Maybe they hired back the guy who had the Netflix idea. They didn't fire him until they fired after him at the end of the summer. <laughs> they fired him, and that's why that's when they changed the title to based on a true story. Yeah, they fired it and changed. They Equalizer fired three, it. final film on the summer, seventy million dollar budget, hundred ten million dollar box office return. That'll probably end up cranking out a decent amount of money when you factor in PVOD. It's obviously only been out for like two weeks, so yeah. Which what what one? The, uh, Equalizer three. Oh yeah, that didn't come out either. That one had the highest opening of all the Equalizer films. I'm sure it did. I'm abs. I'm 100 positive it did, which shows how much I, I think care we, about okay, the other Equalizer three. That's definitely like a different demo than I'd say we hang out. That's definitely for like older dudes. Is it though? Yes. Or is it just for people who didn't it's get enough of Taken? Man, it's an old man beats up dudes movie. That's that appears specifically. Okay, but to we watched some of those. 
Okay, but we didn't watch this one because you specifically didn't want to. Yeah, because I already <laughs> saw John Wick this year, and I don't need to see worse John Wick. Uh, I saw John Wick already one time, and it was good. I don't need to see it a worse and version then of, of course, it again. The Nun 2 is going to rake in so much money. I really That's don't the understand why. I was thinking the earlier this year we could do the fall. However, now that the SAG strike is yeah, pushing everything back, going on. who knows what's actually going to come out in the fall anymore? It'll just be Aquaman. Probably just be Aquaman, and that doesn't come out for three more months. So we'll see what happens. We're going to, guys, bunker down because we're entering the content drought, which will save us a lot of money. It, it's bad for the podcast because we have nothing to talk about. It. Oh, we, we always have stuff. It's good for me because it means I have to pay to watch We've less things. We've been blabbing about stuff for That's an hour 40, and, and nothing, came, nothing out. came out. We haven't even gotten to Ahsoka okay, yet, well, which is the only thing that did come out. Let's real quick, let's touch on Ahsoka. Episode 5, there's one episode this time, not two. Um, Although I don't think we talked about it. We did. We talked about it on the last episode. Um, so, Sam, what happened? I'm assuming if you're watching this, you've seen the sh- Spoilers, because so there's spoilers, spoilers like so fast into the episode. Um, it was all over this Twitter. This episode no. was freaking crazy. Lots of nutty things happened. Mm-hmm. So there's the world between worlds. Little fight. He does the spin-a-roo. Everyone goes nuts on Twitter because everyone loves it when he does the spin move. You know, Anakin's signature spin move. He literally does have a signature spin move. You're, you're saying like it a, like it is an no, actual it sounds joke, like, but it it does sounds like have he's the person that like dancing with the stars. He does. Have, Anakin he did a signature move. dance move, and the crowd went wild. <laughs> um, yeah, so he fights Ahsoka. I really thought that the sort of Ahsoka retrospective they did in the World Between Worlds was really cool. And I think that that has finally justified this being called the Ahsoka show. Because without that scene, there's no real reason to call it Somewhat. Ahsoka. Um, I also like how they complete Ahsoka's character arc as a Jedi, at least, through this scene. I think that they the way they did that was really cool. Because um, in a similar way to how Luke had to confront his father in order to become a Jedi, she had to confront her former master to become a Jedi, which I thought was cool. I like how they did that. Parallels there. There are also some really cool scenes where sort of see Anakin flashing back and forth between Darth Vader that I thought were done super well. Those were pretty neat visuals. So cool. Um, Some one person say it's the best shot in all of Star Wars. That's not correct, but it is a really cool (laughs) shot. Um, There was rumors on Twitter that there were scenes shot of Anakin and Ahsoka fighting on Mustafar. I know exactly where those scenes would have gone if they were kept in the episode now. didn't finish rendering. Yeah, because, well, okay, Mustafar's <laughs> a very expensive little place to do And if scenes. there's one thing these shows are, it's super cheap looking. <laughs> yeah, the, Ahsoka especially, I feel, has, has suffered a little bit in the, in the budget uh, department. They just, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, but, I'll talk about it. I mean, it's Star Wars. I feel like if Star Wars looks too good, it kind of loses Star wars Okay, Wars-ness. but, like, those original movies look so good. Like, even today, they look yeah, so good. Yeah, they look good. Or the, compared to other things from the like, time. But no, like, even now, like, those environments are so lived in. Those sets are, like, so, like, scuffed up and, like, worn. And, like, all the characters' costumes and, like, twer- like quirks, it all, like, works I so I feel well. like that's more of a location. All thing. the costumes, I mean, like, the, the Jabba puppet is amazing. Like, Again, it's I feel, still I feel amazing. like those are more sort of location things than... But I'm still so have a lot of. I mean, like, comparing it to like the production design and costumes and makeup effects on. I feel like Ahsoka has very the, good. The, the I feel like it's Disney really. I, I think it's just the head tails that are 
that are throwing people. Don't off. throw me off. Pretty. I well. feel like everything else though is very looks okay. very good. So I'd say you're pretty warm on this episode. I thought it was really really. I'm good. pretty mid on it. Um, I think my thing with most of these Star Wars. Okay, I will say this about it. I liked it a lot because so, of the way they wrap up Ahsoka's character. Dave right? Filoni, uh, he, he writes all these episodes. He directed this one. Compared to his first episode he did, which was the first episode of the show, this was a really big step up from him in terms of directing. That was good to see, especially since he's going to do a movie. Yeah. He definitely needed to step up. This was a good improvement. And seeing um, Hayden Christensen as Clone He tried to do some really cool. clever stuff with the camera. Uh, action scenes were a little bit well better, little bit better shot. I don't know if that's proper wording. Um, it was a pretty well paced for the most part. Um, my biggest problem, my my problems with it, my problems with this, all these Disney Plus shows is the same. I feel like I'm like a broken grandfather clock. I'm just repeating the same noise over and over again. Like it's the it's the pacing. It's the fact that some episodes have so much content crammed into them and the ones before and after it will have nothing to do yeah it's it's very it's, much like an accordion it's, with the show it's and it this this is beyond the disney plus shows this is most of star wars none of these characters sound anything like a real person and it has bothered me for years i feel like ahsoka they do sound pretty I, much some like, of them a little bit but it's lines... a little bit better than like the mandalorian but it's it's the dialogue that's just like so. I, I think I figure. I think I know why. This show, I know exactly why. Every once in a while, and I think this is what you're talking about. Every once in a while, a character will say something that they are only saying specifically to explain to non-rebels audience. audiences. There was a specific moment this happening. episode where that specifically pointed out, and that happens a lot in this show. It was when the robot was talking to uh, X-wing fighter pilot man. And it was like, oh, that's Jason Sindula. His dad he was has a Jedi. force powers because his dad, Kanan Jarrus, was a Jedi. Yeah. But I feel like when it's just the characters interacting and they're just picking up from where we left off in Rebels, we, we don't see any catch up scene. I feel like the dialogue in this series is very strong. I think the, to the reason it, it can feel so off is that Dave Filoni, before he started working on Star Wars stuff, was not a writer. Yeah, he was. No, 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 no. He was a director. He was an animation director. He's always been very good at directing animation, and he's getting better at directing live action. That has never been his weakness. Um, and he was pretty good at writing. I'm pretty sure he wrote a lot. He of was Clone pretty Wars good episodes. at writing Clone Wars and Rebels too. But I think the reason that that worked is because he was confined so much to that 22 minute format that he was never like he could never take that much time with the dialogue and allow yeah. it to be that clunky because it had to have such a pace to it. When he when he's fully graduated from the Lucas school of dialogue and George Lucas is notorious for his terrible dialogue. Okay. Dave Filoni's dialogue is way better it's a than little George bit, Lucas. It's better, but it's, it's way, but it's, it's way it's better cut from the same cloth. No, 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 no. Hang on. Hang <laughs> Hold up. You're telling me that you think the, the guy who was like, like sand and the guy who's like, so beautiful, but I don't know why you're telling me that dialogue again is a, is Almost on the same level as the dialogue in this show. Who did Dave Filoni learn to write dialogue from? George Lucas. He, he, was, writing, <laughs> he was writing stuff before he worked, did start. He, I looked he at did his a, IMDb, buddy. He did some episodes of Avatar. I, he directed episodes of Avatar. He never wrote any direct episodes. I'm of pretty sure he wrote a couple. 
There's no way they did. I knew you were going to say this. There's I no looked way it up earlier today. There's, there's no way he didn't do a single one. So, writing credits. His first writing credit was on Star Wars The Clone Wars. About SpongeBob. He never SpongeBob. wrote on SpongeBob. He, he, again, he's directed animation for a long time, and he's very good at directing animation. That is not in question. Um, but I think it's the writing he has a problem with, especially when it's this 50-minute long format. I feel because even yeah. the way that this episode is like chunked out in terms of like what's happening in what order, it's very like this should be two episodes of content, yeah, and it's all crammed into one, and then you'll have an episode two episodes ago that should have not been an episode at all because nothing happened. I agree that the pacing I feel like it's just the way towards he the middle got very events. weird. It's just like, but that's not a writing thing. It was the same problem I had with the book of Boba Fett, not to the same extent that that was. Where like I'm watching it and I'm just like, I'm thinking like. I could if if I had the time and the money, I could do like I could improve this. Uh, that's and but, that's not a feeling I want to have. That's not that's not a writing issue. That's like an editing issue. I know, broadly the whole episode. That's what I was feeling. Like if I was doing this right, I, I'm talking about the dialogue. Like I don't, I don't think that the dialogue is as bad as you're making. It I think out it, to be. it's okay with the it's okay with the Anakin and Ahsoka stuff. It's super clunky. And does not move the story forward and is way too monotone in the Hera and Hu Yang and fighter pilot. Okay, and Jason but that's stuff. not because that's because those characters have not a lot to do. And no one in this show has anything to do. Hang on. Especially in this episode where it was all about Ahsoka. The other characters are just wandering around looking for her. I think that the other I do agree with you. I think they spent too much time on Hera. Should we keep looking? I, yes, keep oh, looking. Well, my, that, that happened like three, like two times too many. My other problem is, the, well, these characters are so like devoid of personality. They're so boring. Okay, but that's a directing thing. That's not a writing thing. I get, well, but that's Dave Filoni the same. Like that's I, I know, the same yeah. problem. But they're also not written with like, there's no, like there's a line, right? There's that line I said, I just said, I was just talking about where he says that he's Kanan Jarrus' son. Yeah. He has special force powers. I was waiting for the fighter pilot to say like something quippy like, everyone has force powers these days and then turn around and walk away like that's a line that's something that's a little bit of wit yeah, a just, little he, bit of he character goes, All right. he literally just goes okay and then he turns around and walks into hey, his okay. x-wing he did he did <laughs> say it with like a kind of like a sure whatever like kind like there was like a scene who yang has a little bit of, of wit i'm just looking for something like any sort of range of emotion i think something that that brings like any not, not even really levity just like I think something right that now, isn't just explaining things to me. I think right now Star Wars is afraid of doing quits. They have always been afraid of Hang trying on. new things. I think well, it's not trying new <laughs> things. I think they're right now they're afraid of doing quips because people have been clowning on Marvel and other Star Wars projects so hard for their dumb quips that I think in this show they were like, all right, no quips, tone down the quips. So now whenever characters, in a situation where they would normally say something clever, they kind of just go, oh, this sure is a bad situation we're in. It's just like there's no snappiness to the dialogue. There's no, like, there's no uh, good, like, character banter. Like, there's none of that in this. Yeah, not really. There's a little when Sabine is there, but especially in this episode when she's not there, like, it's really lacking that. The, it's the, the only character that has chemistry with other characters is Ahsoka. So when Ahsoka doesn't, isn't in a scene, the characters feel like they don't okay. have any energy. I think Ahsoka was better in this episode, especially after she exits the, the Yoda 
horse cave where she learns to learns her lesson right she comes out and she's gandalf now mm-hmm. she's got the white robe there was a little bit of that old ahsoka person that she was a little bit less stoic but she's still so stoic. no it, i'm not right. talking about her <laughs> stoicism i'm talking about when her and sabine are interacting with each other they have chemistry yeah a little bit when ahsoka and, and um hera are re- talking to each other they have they're, they're practically the same character yeah but they have chemistry when ahsoka and anakin were on screen together they have chemistry but when it's Hera and Hu Yang, yeah. there's nothing there. When it's Sabine and Hu Yang, there's nothing there. When it's Sabine and the bad guys, or there's nothing Jason there. Jason and Hera, or... I will say, um, Balin's skull and He's Morgan good. have chemistry. They're very... But they also don't ever talk to each other. <laughs> they don't have a lot of scenes. So... He's not even in this episode. Yeah. I, like, I feel like the character... The chemistry between the characters, when Ahsoka isn't present, is noticeably lacking i also just think like it's so good I don't know why, she's so dry i don't know why they write her to be so dry i think at this point in her i know story, i know she she's dry. like older and experienced and like a little bit like degraded or something well it's or, not that she's older and experienced is that she feels she's been like through a lot of failure she's in and a dark everything point. she's ever known like, has gone wrong she's so she's not interesting to watch when she's on screen by herself yeah that's what i'm she has to be with other she's people. so boring <laughs> unless, unless she's fighting when she's fighting it's cool fight scenes but in the any show have been fight like good. that like, the fight scenes in this show have been the fight scene the in these episodes in were better star wars they were better than especially yeah. his first one i think he took a very nice and necessary step forward and i like how they still um i thought um all the flashback stuff with young ahsoka who they did cast a younger actress and that was for. very smart uh, it was ariana greenblatt from uh from uh infinity war and and barbie she's having a big year um but that stuff with Anakin and like kind of examining that dynamic, that was that all worked for me. Um, I liked the part where the clone was dying on that stretcher, but they couldn't show his face. And they wrapped it up, and they then wrapped there was another guy next to him, and his face was also wrapped up. I liked the part where Captain Rex yelled the thing, but it, it was so weird hearing like Tumara Morrison's yeah, because we come are out so used to hearing so used to that uh, Captain Rex the clone Baker voice, voice, voice. Yeah, why, why didn't they get why him? Why didn't they just get him? Don't see his head. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, I'm sure that he was like, he just finished wrapping an episode. And I know a lot of people got glup crapoed by just seeing the live action actors wear the Clone Wars outfits. But they were. I was trying not to. I was just like, I felt like, um, again, and I know you probably thought it worked better than I thought it worked, but I thought that all that stuff with Ahsoka and Anakin, one, that should have been the whole episode. We should have never left the world between worlds. I agree. We shouldn't have been cutting back and forth. See, that's what I was saying. All this stuff where Hera's just looking around, that stuff wasn't interesting. Cut all that. It should have been, I think we should have just... They needed to add the Mustafa part back in. This is the fifth episode in an eight-episode show. This should have been all Ahsoka. Yeah. I think we should have started in the world between worlds and traced her all the way from like, and re-examine all of the major moments in her life. And you can even use it to like fill in the gaps of where she Mm -hmm. was at certain points. So like, go back and trace like, all the stuff we've seen in animation, her birth, her being found by Plo Koon, her meeting Anakin, the Clone Wars, her leaving the Jedi, just, just really chase and re-examine yeah. it all out and re-examine that Anakin-Ahsoka relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and then finally, at the very end of the episode, have her emerge and have the show continue. Yeah. Because we don't need to know how they found her in the water. We, we can just we assume they that they looked down and yeah. found her. I, I, we don't need to know any of that. around looking for her for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and then Chopper goes, have you tried looking in the water? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> but um, just, 
Just like all that. Just like we should have just never left the world between worlds. And we should have really sat with her and watched her go through a range of emotions. Okay, actually. Watch watch Rosario Dawson go through a range of emotions. Because we see Ahsoka go through a range of emotions. But the problem is all of her emotional bits are all when she's young. So we still have never really gotten to see Rosario Dawson like really get to act. Like yeah. she's still playing that same older Ahsoka. Like we need to like watch her evolve. I will say one scene though that I did like that was not in the world. Like how did we get through that whole scene and we didn't get to that? Ahsoka and Vader fought when they were both adults. Like she fought Vader in yeah, Rebels. Yeah, I feel and like that should have been That should have been addressed. Like why are, we, why are we even bothering to go back to the Clone Wars era, right? Other than just to show Clone Wars things. If we're not gonna like, uh, okay, I if think, we're not gonna truly examine that relationship from start to finish, I think we did examine it. But one, it was very fast. I don't know why yes. they rushed it so much. Two, the, the, and the way that they examine it is they they sh were seeing Ahsoka where she is now, looking back on her relationship with Anakin, and through that lens, she's starting to see more of him becoming Vader. We see that you know when we, she looks back on that first battle. And she's talking to Anakin. Anakin's like, I'm not training you to be a Jedi. I'm training you to be a soldier. Yeah. And that's really where almost, that's where Ahsoka's struggle see, comes from. That's, that, see, that through line works so much better if those earlier episodes were better. If we saw a little bit more of Ahsoka and Sabine training, and we see early on that Ahsoka is doing what Anakin taught her to do, which is to be a soldier. Which is not how you And she's Jedi. failing. Yeah. And then this is like her reckoning where she learns her lesson, and then after this, we see a change. And that would have also been... That would have worked. It's not this episode's fault. It's the other episode's fault yeah. for not properly establishing that Sabine Ahsoka training that relationship. That also would have been interesting because Sabine is a Mandalorian, can then, and they are also yeah, soldiers. Which you can then compare and contrast to the Ahsoka Anakin one. Yeah. Because what you should have done is shown that early on, and then when Ahsoka is reflecting on her relationship with Anakin, she sees all those like warrior and that aggressiveness that led him down that path mm -hmm. and seeing what like he failed as a master. And we see Ahsoka and then for a moment see, too, that sort of takeover. And then her. we see like the good moments, the parts that did work mm -hmm. when he was like a good person and like a teacher to her. And that's the parts. And that's is... the parts she learns to mirror. And, and that, those, so she becomes the best of both worlds. Those parts of her journey with Anakin are also the closest she got to being, being a, a Jedi, Jedi. Yeah. is in those moments where they weren't just fighting, where they were yeah. trying to be more than soldiers. And because of the situation they were in, neither one of them really got the, the chance to become the Jedi that they should have yeah. become. And for the reason why I like this episode so much is, at least in my brain, it parodies Luke's Jedi journey very similarly. If not, maybe... I would argue the character arc for Ahsoka is a little bit better because Luke kind of is just like, oh, this guy is my dad and I guess I have to fight him. Okay. Like he didn't have an emotional connection to Anakin the same way Ahsoka did. But in the same way that Luke had to confront his father, Vader, in order to become a Jedi, we established very early on in the world between worlds, Anakin's like, I never finished your training. And she's like, oh, I, I already you know learned plenty, whatever. He's like, I, not, mm -hmm. I haven't taught you everything. So to me... That reestablishes the idea that she could still be a Jedi, could still finish her training. And I think that the point of this sort of whole part of the story of Ahsoka is to prove that she is now a Jedi. Yeah, because she's unlearning, she's, she's examining retrospectively 
what was wrong yeah. with her training and through this moment confronting her former master becoming the jedi she was yeah, meant again, to again my become. problem is not that it didn't work my problem is just like it could have been done better it could have been done better there it, i it was, do feel like it was it was a little just rushed. like it just needs like they just needed to think it out just a little bit more like i don't think i think the problem with these shows is that they look at them as like eight eight chunks mm -hmm. and they're like how do we fill this chunk how do we fill this chunk how do we fill this chunk they're not looking at like a grand picture where are the beats how does this first part fit into this later part how does this later part reflect back on this first part they're just looking at it as like okay we start here and then the next one's going to be this and then that and then that and then that and then we're going to end up here for whatever the next show is yeah they have the same they have a, in a very similar not, way, they have the same problem that marvel does they're not looking where they're at focusing on i would argue it's kind of the other way around where they're looking at too big of a picture yeah they need to be looking at a smaller picture you need to focus on making this the best thing it can be and not making this the but, precursor yeah. to the there next there were a thing. lot of things i liked there were wide shots in this episode i was amazed yeah. The camera pulled back. I could see an environment. And see, the thing is, you I know, could see people standing. I think they were. <laughs> I think for most of the world between world stuff, they were in the volume. They 100 percent. But were in because the of the creative way that they showcase yeah, the, the environment, that's how you should use it. It makes everything bigger. Yeah. yeah. Because now the actors have a place to act in. They have the volume, so they're not acting in a green no. cube. But you also get the advantage that you can. Then take your computers and artificially expand the environment. I, now, I did laugh a little bit when Hayden Christensen came out in that big, bulky plastic Clone Wars armor. Okay, I, that, was, <laughs> that was very funny to me. I looked back at Anakin's design in he looked Clone buff. Wars. He's, he, that armor did not fit him right. That was just a costuming error. No. I don't know why they made it so Again, bulky. that's why it looks so cheap. <laughs> it's stuff yeah. like that. But like, you like buff. I was like, hey, Christensen, about it. It's like, out. yeah, okay, I guess... If it's armor, it, it makes sense be that he would, would have been wearing armor. But then in Clone Wars, it probably yeah. should have been big. Why was it small in the show? That's weird, but whatever. I, I'll give him a pat. That's, that's a costume. It was thing. also a little distracting to see the CG clone troopers. I there's, thought that was all right. There's literally a shot. There's enough mist that you don't There's really literally a on. shot in this episode that I am 100% certain. It's a real quick shot. It's from the Siege of Mandalore bit where they cut to like a Mandalorian trooper, and I'm like, mm -hmm. that is a literally like. Someone from Clone Wars just animated a Clone Wars shot. I literally thought, probably. I literally thought for a second they just slid a shot from Clone Wars in there. <laughs> well, okay. The, the it looked a little cartoony Mandalorians, for a second. I would argue, transfer a little bit too well from animation to live action in the sense that their design is so simple that when you translate it, it almost looks the same, especially in that environment where everything's covered in a little bit of mist so it makes everything yeah. kind of hazy it yeah it did look it did look I, a little strange yeah i thought it was a I, one missed i thought it was so weird that they got tamara morrison to come in and obviously re, like do that voice line for rex and not like while he was there post his paste his face over like a clone trooper yeah guy. that was a little weird they I don't did know that why they, in bothered. The, they did that in the prequels all those clone troopers yeah they're not actually him with tamara morrison's face yeah CGI like yeah him. I don't know why they didn't do that here. I mean, I think they, I think they know from the prequels yeah. that it looks bad when they did that. So but, they didn't uh, do that. I'm hoping moving forward we see like an actual change in Ahsoka's personality. I do think that there was do. one missed opportunity in that whole thing because when Ahsoka's at the siege of Mandalore, and Anakin's like, I don't, I don't remember this battle. When did this happen? And Ahsoka's like, it had. This was the siege of. The, she's yeah. explaining what's going on. Then, then they start to fight again, and we see them almost transition to Mustafar, but then they don't. Because, again, that's where those scenes probably should have gone. I think we should have seen that. Because that would also help to flush out Anakin's part of this arc. 
because we see Ahsoka's journey and we see where she ended up and how her training led to her becoming a soldier. Mm -hmm. But we don't see the Mustafar bit where Anakin fell to the dark side. And that's in the same way that Ahsoka's journey ended without Anakin. Anakin's journey ended without Ahsoka. And we didn't get to examine that part. And that also would have been an interesting sort of reflection of, you know, Anakin was fighting his former master there. It would have been interesting to see Ahsoka and Anakin now with that same dynamic reversed fighting in that same space. I think that could have been cool. I understand why they didn't do that. It probably would have been very expensive. I weren't done with it. Whatever, whatever issue or whatever reason they cut it out. I can see why you would do that. I wonder if that last bit, that final duel where he's got the red lightsaber, I wonder if that was like the footage from that part. Yeah, because he has a red lightsaber for the, for the rest of that part in, on yeah. um, the world between worlds. So was, so was Anakin just like a... Do the Force ghosts all just hang out in the world between worlds? I, is that what happened? Is because it, it's Anakin, right? Like that is Anakin. That is Anakin, as far as I yeah. understand. So, like, also, is that where they go when they die? Is that where everyone goes when they die, or just the Jedi go when they die? So remember, okay, and this has kind of been retconned by Episode Nine, but I don't can really consider that official material because of how much of the lore of Star Wars it breaks. But um, the Force ghosts are. Only those, like, five Jedi. It's yeah, Anakin, they're supposed to learn how to do it. It's Anakin, Luke, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon. and Qui-Gon. And, and Qui-Gon isn't supposed to be able to fully manifest. Again, that was changed in Obi-Wan. But no, he figured it out. No, because remember in Clone Wars, he's talking to Yoda, and he explains, I never finished my training, so I wasn't able to do it right, mm. which is why I can only mess, Anyone manifest can my voice. Now. They changed it in, in Episode Nine. I'm not counting that, though, because that doesn't make any sense. Um... I could do a Force Ghost. So I think if you are a... Because the Force Ghosts are the manifestation of their consciousness within the Living Force, which you're not supposed to be able to do. And you can say But they were able to do because of their training. So because of that, I think they can, in the same way that they manifest metaphysically in the the material world, I think in the world between worlds, they can manifest a physical form. I mean, we can see that happen. Obviously something they can do. Anyway... I thought this episode was pretty good. I just thought there was things they could have done better in it. It definitely uh, could have been improved, but I think what okay we got overall. is pretty good. I'm happy I with what I admire them for not fully, like, blowing their load on the Clone Wars nostalgia base. Yeah, I liked how I, tame I, they were. I was it. waiting for Ewan McGregor to roll out in the Clone Wars outfit. I was waiting for, like, Bo-Katan to See, show but up. When you but when you say, like, you wanted them to, like, sort of go through the whole Ahsoka history, yeah. I mean, that, they would have had to do that if they did. Yeah, I... <laughs> so do you want that or not? <laughs> well, I mean, Obi-Wan isn't super involved in her... They, they literally, like, all their adventures are those Like, he could guys. have been in, like, that scene where they meet, but she didn't... He didn't really need They to didn't do the scene where they meet. They would have needed to do um, Locoon. They would have needed to have him in there if they did the whole did a, he's the one that found it. Yeah, but you can see, you can just get any old guy and stick a rubber thing. Yeah. That's one of Dave Pocoon. Filoni's favorites, Pocoon. Okay, Dave Filoni says that, but Pocoon is in like one arc of Clone Wars well, and none of the live action stuff that he's well, made. Okay, to be fair, uh, George Lucas is, is the one that was like coming up with all those arcs. That was like all him. Except for like the later ones after like Disney had bought it. Yeah, but... He was the one coming up with every arc. So if George the Lucas only didn't arc do a that Plo Koon is in is one of the George Lucas ones. None of the he's Dave Filoni ones have Plo Koon in a little, in a little them. bit. But like, name 
Okay, two arcs. I think that's because Dave Filoni was smart enough not to just like throw in a character who would have absolutely no purpose being there into the story for no reason. No, but you, okay. A lesson he apparently forgot later on. We could have <laughs> seen him do something though. The only two things we see Plo Koon do in all of Star Wars. He's in the things. bomb He arc. sits on a chair. He's in the bomb arc, which mm -hmm. is not a real arc because all they do is defeat. He doesn't even do anything. No, the one, the Ahsoka's framed one. He's in that one. Yeah, but he doesn't do anything. He's just part of the Jedi Council. I'm not counting him sitting in a Jedi Council seat as a thing. I think he... That's not a real thing. The only arc where he actually does anything is the one where he saves the clones and he risks his life for the clones and it's a very nice touching moment that fleshes out their relationship. But other than that arc, Polkun doesn't do anything else. I think it's because Dave Filoni knew not to just throw Polkun into every arc. He could have thrown him into one arc. He's in it enough. He's a random he's Jedi. He's in one arc. Okay, you know why he's not in anything? It's because Plo Koon is a character, is not a character. Okay, neither is Kit. He's a costume. Neither is Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto doesn't do anything either. He's in like three arcs. He's in the water arcs because he's the one that swims. Yes. So why not go into, why not do an arc where Plo Koon And he's goes? only the one that swims because when they were designing that costume in 1999, they put a squid on a guy's, they head. Put a squid on a guy's head and he became the water okay, guy. Okay, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, why did Kit Fisto get so much screen time? And Kit Fisto did become a character. Because he's the water guy. Kit Fisto did become a character because they focused on him more. Remember when he dies in Revenge of the, in Revenge of the he Sith? Gets, he, he blocks He walks into that room and, and the old man flies in front of him and then he immediately gets stabbed and falls No, he's and one of the three that doesn't instantly die. No, he instantly dies. He just no. gets stabbed. He blocks two strikes and then he gets stabbed. I've, I had this whole, back in like third grade, I had this oh whole debate with one of my friends where we're like, oh, this guy is the best Jedi. I was talking about Kit Fisto was... Like Kit not Fisto as underwater, as he would be sick. He can do like three sixty backflips. Anyone can do a three sixty backflip. He underwater. would. He, no, I think Kit Fisto. Like you take him out of that water, like he's useless. You put him in the water, he's still. He's pretty like good. Batman because he also beat Grievous on that uh, in that other arc that's that true. he was in. Yeah, and he wasn't even underwater there. See, that's what I'm saying. That could have been. He Plo was Koon. losing his. He, I guess he just lost his mojo, eating too many. McDonald's. I think he blocks hamburgers. two strikes. The camera pans away from him. We don't see him, and then he gets stabbed in the next shot. I think uh, that was the guy they had on set that day, and they were he like, "You're in this stiff. scene. Maybe working <laughs> with a squid on your head is a little difficult." Anyway, uh, yeah, I just I hope the show gets better. There's only one episode left. No, there's three. Three? Yeah, is it eight, eight episodes? episodes? Oh, I thought eight. it was six. Yeah, Thrawn hasn't even shown up yet. Well, that's that's why I was like, when this episode ended, I was like, man, they got like a lot I of guess stuff to I'm, do here. Ezra Mission is just not be in this. They have to be saving him for something else, I guess. He'll be in it for sure. There's the actors there's in the three show left, and like I don't. And they could do... Ezra's. Is he just gonna show up? Ezra doesn't the have day? Ezra's character arc's over, so they just need yeah. to. They just need to bring him out. They just need to pick him out of the do closet. Do you think and plop that he down. might be dead? No. You don't there's think so? no chance. Why? Because why would they spend all this time building him up and be like, ah? Break. Well, because it would be That'd an be emotional stupid. moment for the for like Sabine, Hera. Kinda, but be like, oh, he was dead. And Hera's not even there. Hera Hera, did Hera go with Ahsoka? I don't think so. No. Yeah, so there wouldn't even be an emotional moment for Hera. She'd just be like, well, over the phone. Oh, he's dead. Okay, yeah. like that's stupid. Well, that's how Kanan. How many Kanan? No, Kanan had a super emotional death where he sacrificed himself for everyone. He didn't. It wasn't oh, like no, I'm thinking of Chopper a, called him yeah, after. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm thinking of uh, the of. The part where he gets blinded and he comes back and everything. But, um, yeah, but that's again because they're reacting I I, to the I, sacrifice. I was thinking of a thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Ooh, I, just, I don't what know if what Ezra's he was blind do. though. That's that would be too many times they've done that. 
But okay, twice, twice is too twice many. Twice is too. It's the this is uh, this is like his direct apprentice. Name one thing in Star Wars that happens one time. Okay, that's not because of like it's necessary. It's because they're creatively bankrupt. That's my point, though. Like, name <laughs> one thing that's happened once. No, I feel like he would be like, "We've had him in this cage the whole time." I, my, he was making the, friends with these animals or something. My theory he's right wife now, now is that he's been thwarting Thrawn's attempts to return. I think he's Thrawn like, has been working to return like independently. And Ezra's been trying to stop him. That, I think that's what they've been doing. And they're going to show up and beat him up and he's going to leave. I think Thrawn's, I mean, Thrawn's returning to the main universe. Yeah, obviously. Cause like, that's going to happen, so. How are they going to, are they going to do a whole another show where they do, where they deal with that That's whole what the thing? movie is. Oh, right. I forgot to make it. Well, they're doing, they're doing this and then there's Skeleton Crew and then there's Mando season okay, four. But Skeleton Crew's not connected to this. I think Mando's also been picked up for season five, so there's. How, there's not that much stuff left to do with Mando. There's nothing left to do with Mando. Because they ruined the ability for him to do anything else by they, yeah, putting they, Grogu back in the they show. cut the legs off of the show. Yeah, so I don't... I guess there's more to do with Bo-Katan. I mean, Mando can still do stuff, but it would have to be like... Like, if that show just goes Monster back... Of the week type if, show. Yeah, if that show just goes back to like... Honestly, I'm fine with one-offs. that. One-offs. I'm cool with I that. I actually prefer that. Yeah, that's fine. If this is like the last plot thing... And then the movie just comes and picks up where this one left off, and we just get like if we see Mando, while we're waiting on the movie, we just get like one-off Mando party time episodes. Because what, cool what made Mando cool is we got to see parts of the Star Wars universe that we don't it focus was on. The one-offs because it and then it's they not got a big obs- enough deal for the for Luke Skywalker. And then they got obsessed with the main story arc, and it ruined the whole show's pacing. Yeah, epi- season because th- then they tried to do the one-offs, but they were still that whole it main felt weird then was because he was them. doing more important things yeah. so it felt like weird that he but now that they've sort of they've, I, now that they've the wrapped up quo. that arc yeah i think we can go back yeah anyway if all of the star wars stuff got canceled tomorrow uh, i would not care remember when uh, <laughs> remember when moff gideon makes a clones army and then uh, they, they don't they even don't, leave uh, their they tanks just blow them up and they die yes that was weird why did they even do that uh i don't know <laughs> That was a, a taco taco situation. Maybe Thrawn's gonna do the same thing. I uh, hope not, because that doesn't try to sense. give himself force clone powers. Uh, I, I think the Chiss are already like partially force sensitive. They have anyway. they're weirdos. They're weird. They have a whole set of like super complicated anyway, lore. What kind of super uh, death? What kind of Death Star do you think he'll have? I mean, they already have the the Eye of Ion. Which okay, the Eye Talk of about Sion? That. Talk about that name for a minute. The what? The thing, the, the hyperspace ring. The big ring? That's not a weapon, though. It's a big ring. Okay, so that's the strongest hyperdrive ever. I guess they're going to, unless they're going to kamikaze some planets. Yeah, if, if one, like, New Republic See, cruiser can blow up a dreadnought, then that thing could probably blow up a planet. problem, though, is that they did the hyperspace kamikaze in The Last Jedi, they are not going to touch the sequels at all. So. Well, they kind of did it a little bit in this. How? Remember when the ring goes and goes, pew, and then those two X-Wings that are like in the middle them. go, oh, no. Uh, I feel like, okay, well, Thrawn's definitely going to have a super weapon because Star Wars isn't capable of doing a storyline mm. that doesn't have an empire and okay. a big super weapon. My question, though, is if he does have a super weapon, like, 
I don't think he'll have how? it when he comes back. Like when in the movie, he'll like have he'd a super already weapon. had one that he just forgot about, and now he's coming back to get it. Well, he's gonna come back, and that at the the end of the, the end of the show is gonna be like him holding up like a magic glowing crystal or whatever, the super duper gem. He's gonna be like, and now I can instigate my revival plan, and he's going to like hold up his crystal, and then in the movie he'll have like a big <laughs> a big gun. It like sticks into and it shoots a big laser. I think because that's what that that's what Star Wars. I is. It's have a big enough, laser. I have enough faith in Dave Filoni to believe that. They will do something else. My cynicism about Star Wars' inherently repetitive nature outweighs my faith because, in Because, I mean, the way that Rebels ended, it wasn't with a big super death laser weapon. But Rebels was also super small scale, like the finale was, at least. But, I mean, this, is, generally. this like, is also relatively this show, speaking a but small the, scale. But, like, when they get to, like, a theatrically released movie, they have to up the stakes, and it's going to be a war between the... Uh, imperial remnant in the rebellion in the in the new republic so we gotta do there's gotta be some stakes and the only way they know how to build stakes is that there's a big planet destroying gun what if <laughs> what if it ends with the battle of jakku it'll have to that's gonna happen because we haven't i don't think seen well that no yet. we have seen it in battlefront hold up we don't really know why it's it already happened. happened it happened three years after the this fall. takes place like eight years after well, just do well, I guess we already did that. So that whole part of the Star Wars war that the last that the Battle of Jakku was the last major Star Wars Empire battle. Is that lore? When when would this? The, what was supposed to have happened is that after the Battle of Jakku, uh, the Emperor's like real close buddies all fled to the unknown regions and met up and like did some First Order cooking for like twenty years and then came back. I. I think that but was. I guess while they were over. Okay, here's how we get around that. There was a different section of the Imperial Remnant that was that is like. Here's more how ready. we. Here's how we get around that. Um, we say that was the last battle with the f the, the, old the actual empire. empire, the Empire as we knew it in Episode Six. That was mm -hmm. the last real battle with the Empire. Everything after that was with like splinter groups, which is true. Because I mean, there are no, there is no formal structure to the empire See, you could make that case but the film is unfortunately going to be called star wars heir to the empire so. yes but but there's no <laughs> he's heir to like some little thing that palpatine he'll, that's what they'll probably do they'll have it so palpatine built a thing because palpatine is building so many things he's conjuring all palpatine's those... always building things palpatine's busy right now he's sitting on that planet conjuring star destroyers no, with see, sith magic here's my here's here's the thing he built a thing and he stashed it away somewhere. Mm, and yep. he, was, he was like, all right, when I die, Thrawn, you're getting this cool thing. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, Thrawn was already gone. This has already happened in canon. When did this happen in canon? It was Operation Cinder. That wasn't Thrawn, though. This was part of the plot of Battlefront 2. Thrawn was not involved in that. Where Palpatine's plan after he was like, okay, to burn dead, one, use one nameless use my planet. big laser and blow up these planets for me. Yeah, okay, but see, again, Thrawn wasn't there. And two, that plan didn't work and was really stupid. And again, Palpatine had a million of those plans. He had so many things. Yeah, that, that was built. his backup plan. And then his backup backup plan was to clone himself a million times, a million times, spend 30 years using Sith magic to conjure a bunch of Star Destroyers with Death Star guns, and I guess conjure people okay. to man them. So we're going to put them with, give one of them Google Maps we're, and then follow them through an asteroid We're going field. to assume that that was his backup 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 plan. Because it's back at back some plan. point between Operation Cinder, which is stupid and didn't make any sense, and, <laughs> and his other plan, and, which was also stupid and didn't make any sense either, 
I, I don't even count again. I don't count that because that is so dumb. Okay, and fundamentally but repulsive to mind, every other aspect keep of Star in Wars. Mind that the people making this and the general public that is the to the general public other than the Mandalorian that was the last Star Wars thing. Okay, was but that, that movie that actually wasn't because it's not real. <laughs> that's that's the last one they saw was that one. Yeah, but again, <laughs> that's not real. It doesn't count. So I don't I don't need I don't even I don't even need to think about it real and didn't count didn't count here's what does count whatever this plan is this, this is new whatever plan. his plan is right now that's the one that counts okay. i will bet you 20 dollars that his new plan involves a big planet destroying yes gun. that's what i told <laughs> he has one of those that he has for thrawn to use thrawn's the only guy who Palpatine's knows how to use it like yo it's like a it's like a guy leaving his buddy like his his like bachelor pad when he gets married no because him and ron insidious did have like a special like connection or whatever like they had a ron uh they had like a force connection or some weird thing palpatine was like yo here's the keys to my garage take any of my differently colored space guns yeah and just go ham that's yes <laughs> i think that that is what's going to happen here like, and why not like why not yeah i guess why not I mean, it makes sense. We know that they had a relationship before. We know that Palpatine had a lot of faith in Thrawn. And the only reason why he didn't pass the Empire's okay. command over to him is because he went missing. Um, okay, here's... If... I don't care if the movie is terrible. If they can find a way to make the, go the entire movie without Thrawn developing or using or having a big Death Star gun as part of his plan... I will give it a 10 out of 10. Okay, so what else could they do to make Thrawn threatening? That's the question. That's the question they have to spend the next, like, many years thinking about. No, but, like, what, is what a way, do they do? What is a way we could build stakes without a Death Star gun? How do you, I how don't do, know. you do that? They're the ones getting paid all the money to come up with it. <laughs> They're going to have to come up with another idea. Because, okay, you have, to, you have to view it within the scale of Star Wars. In Star Wars... What, honestly, one planet is not even that big of a deal. So the only way to have stakes that are even remotely impactful is to have something that can drastically destroy or impact the livelihood of an entire planet. That's good. Do that. Just Tucker, that is a Death okay. Star. That I'm is saying, what I just described. <laughs> other than the threat being there's a big gun in space <laughs> and it's going to blow up the planet. Other than that, you could do a virus. You could do... You think he's got like a blue shadow uh, virus box? I'd, I'd take that over. I have another Death Star in my pants. Like, okay, but it would be kind of dumb if the I'm, blue I'm guy sure has the blue I'm virus. I'm sure Thrawn's got a Death Star in his pants if you know what I'm talking about. But anyway. Yes, no one's talking about that. No one was ever talking about that. What if he has a wife now? Have Thrawn baby? They're like super evil. I'm saying like you could do a virus, you could do an AI program, you could do a new super cool super ship. Doesn't have to have a Death Star gun on it. Just like a new cool advanced piece of technology. You could have some discovered some old Night Sister magic. You could have some sort of like way to hack into the system of the Republic. Something. They Anything. Could do, they could. He could uh... You know what? If his MacGuffin is giving a big speech to like rally a bunch of the remaining Empire supporters behind him. That would work for me, okay. too. Literally anything <laughs> other than I have a big gun, and if you don't do it, I'm going to say I'm going to shoot you with what it. What if it's a big machine <laughs> that rebuilds the Death Stars? <laughs> and the threat is they have to stop him from rebuilding the Death Star. 
That's technically different than I. That's know, technically then, okay. what you said. That's, that's technically half a point. slightly different. That's half a point. <laughs> He's then he gets half credit. He has a 3D printer I'm for saying Death if Stars. they can go the whole movie without blowing up a planet. That, fine. You know, I don't think they'll blow up I'm a I'm changing the requirement. If they can go the whole movie without blowing up a planet, they can do anything else to the planet. As long as they literally aren't just like directly shooting it with a laser and it Having explodes it explode. on camera, then, they, then they're getting an A-plus from me. <laughs> I think and it, this applies to the other two Star Wars movies they're doing. If they could get it away with those also, A-plus. I think it would be cool since, again, we know that whatever galaxy he's in has some connection to the Night Sisters, and we also know that the Night Sisters can uh, make zombies. What if he's gonna make like all... zombie army? What if he makes? That's kind of cool. Oh wait a minute. What if he zombie makes zombie Sith army? Zombie clone troopers, and then Ahsoka's gotta be like, oh my god, my friends are zombies. That's not. That's too. Sp that's too niche. I assume they'd be mixed in with like other corpses, but like, what if some of them are clones? That'd be pretty. Zombie army's not a bad idea. I feel like that would be a good because I feel like the general audience would be like, "What am I looking at, and why is this happening?" But for the real, but in terms of like sense. not a thing we've seen, we've and seen stuff it that also can we have happen. seen it in Star Wars, but uh, like a large scale zombie army like that we've never of... seen. We assume it's possible. We know the Night Sisters; they did a little bit of a zombie army in Clone Wars, but yeah, there. Anyway, but then since the Night Sisters kind of suck in terms we'll of combat, back. like okay, if your planet can get destroyed by Grievous and his droid army, I'm sorry, but you suck at combat. The freaking Gungans were able to repel Grievous. So the fact that the Night Sisters <laughs> lost, <laughs> the fact that the Night Sisters lost to Grievous is pretty sad. They like all got wiped out. Yeah, they got. No, well, I guess they. Uh... There are two survivors that we know of. Well, and then there was there was a pretty good. There was a couple in Fallen Order. Three. There was a good. There was no because there was only the one in Fallen Order. Well, there's Marin, and then there were some other ones. No, it was just Marin. It was Marin. The other guy wasn't a Night Sister. Well, no, the guy wasn't. It was just Marin. There was Morgan and then Ventress, technically. Those are the only three that survived. Okay. Well, that's. No, Ventress is dead. Yeah, I'm talking about survived the purge. She died in Clone Wars. I'm talking about the purge. okay. She didn't die in Clone Wars. She died in that time period. She died in a book. Anyway. She died in a book that is definitely. Because it was supposed to be a Clone Wars arc, and then they never got to it. They made a new book instead. Same with the Darth Maul Escapes from Prison arc. Yeah, but again, the books, none of the books are canon. They are canon until they are replaced with other canon. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'll do it for this show. I'm, a, I'm a, a surprised we managed to go this long with literally nothing of note to talk about. Um, we'll be back next week with... Oh, there's a movie coming out this week, Sam. What movie? A Haunting in Venice. That might. We'll check it out. We'll let you know what we think. We'll watch another episode of Ahsoka. I'll feel pretty mad about it. Sam I'll will like it. Cool. And then we'll talk about Unless how they really suck. And then we'll talk about how the next Star Wars movie is never going to come out because it'll be canceled. Anyway, bye bye. bye, -bye.